exciting time on the IBM TV. This is my closet 101. If this is your first time of watching, it's already the same time every Friday. I'm happy to see you today because uh, today will really be exciting. I have special guests from Nigeria and um, we're going to be talking about um, one problem every country has because it's normal police brutality. We'll talk about the NSAS protest in Nigeria because um, you've been following us. you notice from October 8, 2020, youths of Nigeria woke up one morning and decided to kick against all the bad things happening in the country, especially police brutality and bad governance, and actually led to an ugly incident on the 20th as well. Uh, so today we'll be talking about that. And um, in case this is your first time, my name is Bramwachi Nemelu. You can call me Michael if the word Chinemelo is difficult for you to pronounce. Yes, um, now, if you check your time, it's 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So I'm saying good morning to all our viewers in the U.S., Canada, Jamaica, Cuba, Mexico, and Peru. It is 2 p.m. Nigerian time, West African time, which is Nigeria time. It is also 3 p.m. Central African time. So I'm saying good afternoon to all our viewers on the west coast of Africa and also in um, Central Africa, Botswana, Burundi, Egypt, Libya, Rwanda, and South Africa. It is already 6.30 p.m. India Standard Time. So I'm saying namaste to all Asia. Michael is a 101. Where all problems are the illusions of the mind. If you're perfect, be the first to cast a stone. Judge not and you shall not be judged. Yeah. Here, um, MyClosette is a live coaching show that gives people the platform to ask questions that have been locked in closets of their minds. Also, a one-on-one -on -one avenue for people to freely interact, express their inner thoughts without being judged, where everyone can learn from different experiences, opinions, not only permitted to talk about our victories, successes, but also our failures, mistakes, burden and burden, sorry. We discuss more of life-related issues that affect our daily lives, like mental health relationships, family, communities, and the world at large. So um, don't forget, we're always live on the IBM TV every Friday, according to your time, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 2 p.m. and 3 p.m. Nigerian and African Time, and also 6.30 p.m. India Standard Time. So now, um, let me introduce my guest. She's a Nigerian actress, a multiple award-winning media personality. Um, she has reinvented herself at every stage of her creative career as a performing visual and literary artist. She is also a TV personality, talk radio host, speaker, author, voice artist, 
reinvention coach, ideal strategist. Sorry for about that. At times I get a bit snappy with words. Um, communication specialist and creative consultant. She helps high performing experts around the world amplifying their influence and creating a bigger impact with their brands, platform, message, products, or services. Referred as the queen of expression for using different mediums of art to empower people with, with the freedom to express their truth, talents, and personal greatness with expertise, um, with experts, with experience or expertise in media and, and marketing and specialized practice in branding, media content development, public relation design, thinking and innovation management. She helps individuals and organizations turn their ideas into reality and maximize their message, mission and market visibility. She was nominated in 2018 for the Hunwatt 2018 Woman of the Year in entertainment. In 2019, she received the Exceptional Woman of Excellence Award at the annual Global Women Economic Forum in India. And in 2020 in London, she received the prestigious Shine Legacy Award in media. Well, she has featured in over 250 platforms around the world from of Hovington Post, Post, The Guardian, CNN, The Telegraph, Morgan, The Sun, The New York Journal, Fox, ABC, NBC, and many more. She is listed as one of the top 250 influential women in the world by Rich Tobia, showing in the 2017 and 2018 as the fourth and youngest Nigerian on the list. Wow, I prefer. In, 28, in 2017, she was honored with Nigerian Goodwill um, um, Ambassador Award for her positive contribution to humanity. She also received in same year Peace Achievers Award as Media Personality of the Year, an African Icon Award, yeah, in 2017, and, and also creating a better world at 2017 Annual Global Women Economic Forum in New Delhi. In 2016, she became the first African woman in Africa, featured the Women Rock Project. She's also named as one of Charles Tudor's 35 personal brand to watch in 2017, the global list. She is the creator of Naked Philosophy and the CEO and creator director of Bragg Media Company, a, grand, a brand consulting media and creative agency serving clients around the globe. Her name is Alex Okoroji. Hello, Alex. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for having me here on the Mind Closet. Do you hear me? Yes. Do you hear me? Okay, great. Great. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure being here too. How many languages can you speak? How many languages? Yeah. That, uh, that that's where I need to embarrass myself. That, that's where I need to embarrass myself. I'm good at quite a number of things except speaking languages. So I now it's so funny because I can read and I can write, but I can't speak. The only language I actually speak very fluently is English. What what of your native language? I, I read Igbo. Um I write Igbo. I just don't speak it very well. Uh, I All read right. Yoruba. I can write Yoruba, okay. but I don't speak it very well. 
Okay. I read French. Yeah. I can write French, but I don't speak it very well. All right, you're going to do this to us. You know we have viewers that are watching us in the morning, in the afternoon, and the evening. So you're going to tell us good morning, good afternoon, good evening in Sydney, uh, Europe. No. Hey, Ekaro, Ndewo. What do we say in French? But are you serious? Are you actually making me speak languages? I'm terrible with languages, really. Good, good morning, good afternoon, no, good evening, wherever we are. Uh, saying hello, yeah. <laughs> Good to have you. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. Right. Um, my next guest is a Nigerian human rights lawyer and international law expert, uses his legal expertise and mobile technology as tools of social engineering and problem solving in Nigeria and Africa at large. He's a principal partner of Adjola Oyelade & Co., a full-service human rights from based in Lagos, Nigeria, and founder of Constitutional Rights Awareness and Liberty Initiative, an organization with renowned commitment date back, dated back to 2012, harnessed and bringing the benefits of human rights simplification pro, pro bono legal services to the people while expanding the frontiers of human rights. For his spectacular human rights records and human rights experts, he the nominee was was chosen by the immediate past president of the Nigeria Bar Association. Yes, the National Body of All Lawyers in Nigeria to represent the the to represent the professional body at the National Committee Against Torture, where he has been taking a prominent role. I, alongside with members of the committee in drafting implementing rules and regulations for the implementation of Anti-Torture Act passed in Nigeria in 2017, in ensuring that the rights of all persons, including suspects, detainees, and prisoners, are respected at all times, and, no, and that no person under investigation or held in, police, in, in custody of any person in authority shall be subjected to fiscal Deeping democracy in Nigeria. As an international consultant and researcher to the African Union Commission, he has contributed his expertise to the region body on the implementation of African Youth Charter and has made recommendations on reforming national laws in compliance with the with the chartered and, and on many human rights issues. Yes, he has also worked as a resourceful person and delivered papers at the United Nations, organized for across the world. As a human rights expert, he has, host, he has hosted several dignitaries and experts across the world at his annual human rights conference, including diplomats and international court justice, including the present Economic Committee of West Africa, ECOWAS, to the happiness 
of ordinary people on the streets. Good. He created and unveiled in 2016 Know Your Rights Nigeria, the first ever human rights empowerment app that simplifies all human rights of Nigeria and foreign national in Nigeria in English, pigeon widely spoken in West Africa and Central Africa countries, and three major languages, local languages, Hausa, Ibo, Yoruba, spoken by over 100 million people in Nigeria with platform where people chat him and his team of 50 lawyers daily on human rights issues. Prono and well report abuse with thousands of people empowered. Yes, he completed his Bachelor of Law, LLB, and Master of Law, LLM, degrees at the University of Lagos in Nigeria. He is a barrister and solicitor of the Supreme Court of Nigeria with recognitions within, outside, within and outside Nigeria for his immense contribution to the promotion and protection of human rights in Nigeria and many countries across Africa, including the prestigious 2018 International Bar Association IBA Human Rights Lawyer of the Year for his outstanding contribution as a legal practitioner to human rights at Rome, Italy. His name is Mr. Adiola Austin Oilade. Hello, Barrister. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Uh, I welcome everyone watching this program to the best place to be at this point in time because we are looking at a very serious matter that is very crucial. So thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Alex Okoroji, and thanks to everyone here for the good job you are doing. Thank you so much for honoring this invitation. Despite it was on short notice, you're even outside your base, but um, you managed to still connect to us. And honestly, we on Mind Closet and also IBM TV, we appreciate that effort. Thank you so much, and God bless you, sir. Thank you. Um, I'm my still going to ask about your app, but it will be when the questions come. So how many languages do you speak, sir? Uh, yes, um, let me say three languages okay. uh, at the moment. Uh, that I'm when I say three languages, I mean languages I speak fluently and I can write as well. Uh, but there are other languages that uh, I'm a learner, uh, maybe not too fluent, and my writing skills uh, may not be certified as something spectacular. So. I, I would rather restrict myself to three languages. I speak English, uh, I speak uh, Pidgin, uh, because it's also very crucial to relate to the ordinary man on the street. So yes, Pidgin is also very crucial. So I also yes. speak Yoruba uh, language fluently. I okay. can write in Yoruba language. So I speak Igbo, because uh, a lot of my colleagues are from the eastern part of the country, even managing partners in my law firm are from the east. So wow. I also speak Aousa because I have uh, mm -hmm. one of my associates in my law firm who is uh, from the north. So I can speak uh, Ututoma, I can speak Takri, Takri, uh, Igbo. <laughs> and uh, I can as well speak uh, uh, some Aousa. Uh, so, but, you know, like I mentioned, when you are not on top of something, don't claim that you are expert in that field. So I'm restricted <laughs> by seven three languages. Okay. Um, honestly, this is... Um... I love how you, you, you mentioned pigeon for all our viewers around the world that really don't understand pigeon. Pigeon is kind of um, a broken English, uh, one of our uh, major language, which they really don't like to talk about. But um, apart from the Igbo, Hausa, and um, um, Yoruba, 
Pidgin is one central language that is common on the street. So, sir, I would love you to tell our viewers around the world, you tell them good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'll permit you to use Pidgin, Yoruba. If you have a little of Ibon, I will say, beautiful. Okay, uh, in English, good morning. Yeah. Um, Yoruba, Ekaro. Mm -hmm. uh, I can say Otutuma uh in the ego uh then in Aousa. um okay. let me say pigeon first yeah. uh that pigeon is yeah. is so so uh, unique one uh that yeah. you say how how on a day I'll whether you day for uh, whether not for morning whether for yeah. afternoon whether for evening it's 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 it has a wider scope oh right. if you say uh, good morning now you know so um <laughs> so pidgin is actually no uh, we don't see it as the official language but of course it's a language that's widely spoken both uh, by the elite ordinary people on the street even in so many west african countries even in cent central african countries i have a lot of colleagues from central african countries who also speak uh uh, uh pidgin. pidgin so yeah. and uh, because these because of the uh easiness and how fluent a lot of people are in pigeon so we also decided that we will also reach out to people who don't speak english uh, mm -hmm. simplify their rights for them and if you reach out to our team of 50 lawyers in pigeon they will speak pigeon to you because we even trained few people uh how to speak this language because we want to bring law human right to ordinary people on the street in the language they speak and understand hmm. yeah i saw that on your profile I saw that on your profile. Thank you so much. We really appreciate that. We really appreciate that. Okay. Um, let me let me spare you on let me spare you on the rest of the on the rest of the greetings for now. But you've passed the major ones. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we have another guest. I don't know if he's around, but my producer will tell me. Yes. Um, he's a strategic uh, management expert, a pastor, brand. A Tuesday State uh, public analyst, trainer, and mentor. He's the immediate past um, register and CEO of um, the Institute of, Institute of uh, Strategic Management of Nigeria, ISMN, and the CEO of um, Quanto Fluence Nigeria, a consultant firm based on branding and, and strategy in training and management consulting. He's also the head pastor of um, Commonwealth of Grace Ministry International, Pastor Kenny Adinuga. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. We have. Um, I call him His Excellency. Um, actually, he's already online. He's not new to the IBM TV. He's a good friend. And a brother from another mother, the first man that made me to eat dog, in my, dog meat in my life. Thank you very much. Um, his name is he's a Democrat, entrepreneur, youth advocate, mentor, and diplomat. He graduated from the University of Calabar and studied history and international studies. A diplomat, a philanthropist, youth advocate, and entrepreneur. He is married to a wonderful, beautiful lady, Faith Edwards, a lawyer, and they are blessed with beautiful children. You need to see their children. 
He, he was an aspirant of the Federal House of Representatives in 2019 under the People Democratic Party, served as a special advisor to the governor of Cross River State from 2015 to 2019, and presently special advisor, sport and cinematography. He has founded many private and non-governmental organizations, sandaled with the responsibility of empowering, employing, and mentoring young people in Nigeria. Today, I present to you Prince Godswood Edwards. My Excellency. Thank you. Thank you very much, my brother. Thank you very much, viewers and other very fantastic and excellent um, people that are part of us. I've heard about your profiles and I'm excited to be part of you. Thank you. Well, um, let me ask you, how many languages can you speak? Let's start with that. Not very good. Not very good. I'm not very good at languages. In fact, I have, I have a major problem in speaking my dialect. So I, I'll i say just English. Try the couple so you of can't times tell, to, to So you can tell us good morning in your native language, your native language. No, I can't. I can't. I can't. You tell us good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I've, All right, let's go. I've been in a and And then in the evening is a... Um, so I believe you're learning our languages in Nigeria, so please, just uh, get used to it. Um, Ibo, that's uh, Kedu. Uh, that's when I'm very good at Kedu. Uh, <laughs> All right, you win. You win. <laughs> good. Good. Thank you so much. Um, Actually, he's part of the panelist, and um, he's the senior executive producer of the IBM TV. He's an on-air on personality, music, musical producer and promoter, radio host, public speaker, creative writer, host of um, Talk with Dan and Mark, formerly Voice of the People, Block Talk Radio 2014. And um, he's the host and radio of the radio show with Mark Lee on the IBM TV and also an executive producer on the IBM TV, all the way from North Carolina. His name is Mark Lee. Hello, boss. How's it going, folks? Looks like y'all having a great discussion here. Yes. And I'm happy that your your, your, your your internet and your system is good today, so you're not taking us from outside. We're yes, right exactly. here. With good exactly. Reception. Good. Um, I think we're still expecting someone, Pastor Kenny Adenuga, but, Adenuba, but if he's on, I guess the... Um, my executive producer will, will let me know. Um, for all our viewers, please follow us on our Facebook page, Michael the 101. Also, the IBM TV Facebook page, in case you you, you, need, you want to know where it's happening, you can watch Michael the 101. Um, you can watch Michael the 101 there, yes. You can also follow me on all my social media handles. Brown watching Nemelo on Facebook, um, Instagram, and Twitter, the name. Yeah, that name there, bro. I want you to find me. You see me there. And on LinkedIn is um, Okichuku Chukuma Omera. Follow me, like me, add me. And also, while you're doing that, is for you to give us your comment. And don't forget to please comment on our YouTube channel. Very, you're watching, comment. Tell us what you think about today's show. Ask questions if you really want to know. Um, the floor is open for questions. And first, I would like to ask. Um, the barrister himself, Adiola, barrister Adiola, come in with, oh, sorry, 
sorry, bad manners, bad manners. We start with ladies first. And the Western world is ladies first. I'm so sorry, so sorry. Now, Alex, can you hear me clearly? Yes, I can hear you. I was very okay when you started with the barrister. No, let's start with you. As, um, as a TV um, host and also a radio um, presenter and also a speaker, you have a, your profile is really high, so let me just try and go straight to the, to the question. How did you see um, the youths of Nigeria waking up one Monday and deciding to kick against police brutality and um, also bad governance in the land? How do I see them waking up one morning? Is and, that what you said? Yes. How do you see them waking up one morning and NSAS protests started? How do you see it? Well, I don't think they woke up one morning. That's the first thing I'd like to correct. They didn't just wake up one morning and, and you know come up with a protest. I think these conversations have been ongoing. Right. First of all, the brutality has been happening for years and people have been having this conversation, but people were not listening. So I would say that I've observed sometimes there have been conversations online where people are sharing their stories, sharing their experiences online, for example, on Twitter or just wherever they feel comfortable sharing their stories. But I don't think that. Uh, we've had such a, you know, had a collective voice, like we've, you know, we've addressed some of these issues collectively. So you've had individuals telling their stories, you've had people who've had experiences, and I think that over the years, you know, the youth are really just tired. Um, so I don't think they woke up one morning. That I'd just like to correct that part. Um, but how do I feel about the, just, you know, the, for lack of a better word, the protest, should I say? Um, yes. I was very, I was very happy about it. Um, I was happy that you know, for the first time, it seemed like we had a collective voice, and that you know, the youths of the country were about to have these bring forth or bring forward some of the conversations that people have been suppressing, uh, some of the conversations that people have not been addressing or have not been paying attention to. So I think I was happy to see um, young people come together and have a unified voice. Okay, um, talking about why you the word woke up is because in the history of Nigeria, this is the first time the, the youths really came out. Now, we're not looking at, we're not looking at tribalism, we're not looking at religion. The youths came out with one voice to speak their mind. This has never happened in the history of Nigeria, let's not forget that. And remember that when we allowed the, the, the NLC, which is the labor, uh, labor union to help us, they failed us. I remember Charlie Boy trying to come up with it, he, they, 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 uh, they got him arrested and they, they, they dealt with him seriously. And no one ever, apart from the one that happened in, um, in, um, in, um, in 2015, I guess, before 2015, against the PDP, against the fuel um, subsidy. But that was politically moved. But this one was not politically moved. It was that we are out for just one voice. That's why, to me, it's like, the so-called lazy youth of Nigeria finally woke up. I don't know if you get where I'm going. That's why I use that word, we woke up. Yes, boss, you wanted to give a question. You wanted to No, I had a uh, follow-up question to what you asked, and I'd love to hear from Alex as well as the rest of the uh, members of the panel. And that's kind of that there's been a movement of youth voices around. I think that's kind of where Brother Mike was going and everything. So I was wondering, are you finding that this protest in Nigeria has been influenced by, say, Greta that was in doing a lot with climate change 
in the environment out of Europe or um, the Black Lives Matter movement, which is here in North, um, in the whole North America kind of environment and everything. So do you think that it's being inspired by some of the other youth-led movements? Because I do feel that the youth are taking a um, place in history unlike any that I've seen in history before. I would argue that it's probably comparable to when my uh, dad was a young man in the 60s and what there was going on during that time. So I was just wondering, um, Alex and um, the other gentleman I think may have dropped off, but if y'all could talk about how it might be influenced by the youth that are out there around the world. Uh, if I could just, if I could just say anything, and I know that the, you know, uh, the barista needs to say something, but if I could just say, I don't think that this is influenced by, you know, just, uh, you know, the activity that's going around the one. I think that there's a lot going on and I think that the youths are really taking it. But I think what's happening is that social media, for example, is creating the avenue for people to have some kind of unified participation, if that makes any sense. So I think that, you know, youths at every point, even the generation before now, probably did agitate towards, you know, better governance, you know, better governance, or just had, had, you know, have, you know, fought against some of the issues. I think that they, maybe the disadvantage was that there was no way to document that in the sense that we didn't have social media. So with, you know, um, being able to have these conversations and, Every you know everyone else around the world being able to sort of um, be part of this or be aware of what's going on. I think social media is helping to elevate the conversations around the world. So even though I don't think that you know the um, protest began because of, of what's going on with black, black life, I think that really what happened was there was just enough. Enough was enough, right? There's just too many of these activities going on here. I think the youths were tired. I don't even think that it was planned at the beginning i really don't think that you know the initial um kickoff of these protests I, I don't think that the youth even realized that it could be this big i think people just woke up you know and said hey, you know what hey we're gonna you know walk the streets we're gonna see what's gonna happen and just seeing how people were coming together was inspiring more people to pick up you know the mantle in their own city and to add their own voices and and then just you know spread i guess that's my opinion, though. I'm not sure what the barrister thinks and everyone else. All right. We just got um, Pastor Kenny Adinuga to join us here. Hi, Pastor. How you doing, sir? Good afternoon, everyone. Um, I'm sorry, that was yeah. a bit of a technical hitch, and but I'm here now. Hi, good job, like, sir. It's, 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 yeah, thank you very much. It's part to be part of this session. All right. Um, barrister, what's your take on his question on what he asked? Yeah, fantastic questions you have there. And uh, I actually want to agree with Alex. Um, we may have a global challenge, but there is this what we call uh, relativism of challenges. So and uh, in Nigeria, yes, uh, police brutality is a global challenge, but uh, there is this element of uh, domestication of challenges. So uh, at a point in time, the, this police brutality issue is, has, has always been there. Uh, a lot of meetings, a lot of protests, a lot of uh, people coming together on what to do. I could remember in 2009, eight, that's about 12 years ago, I set up a radio program on the Unilag uh, radio just to tackle police brutality. So at that point in time, the, the, the magic formula I was using 
was to bring in the po uh, public uh, uh, police public relation officer uh, who happens to be the image maker, who launders the image of the police in the state, to come on the show. Then I throw the lines open. I probably discuss uh, some of the fundamental rights we have, maybe right to life today, maybe right uh, freedom, uh, right to liberty, freedom of movement, freedom of assembly. Then it becomes, we now start looking at issues that arise on daily basis within the scope of those rights. Then I would then bring all these PPROs. Come and listen to people talk. I have people, we have the PPRO of the police here. Please call us, tell us the issues you have in respect of enforcing or exercising this particular right. And people will come tell us how their brothers were arrested illegally. And then I would then ask the PPRO, what will you not do to what people are talking about now? Will you just speak English here and you leave? So the PPRO will be forced to be taking note, then I'll be, I will now force the PPRO, make this your number available. Let's know the number of the area commanders. Let's have access to the commissioner of police. And from there, we'll start releasing people. people we have a dedicated line that people will call us at that point in time to tell us serious police issues they have. And from there, I will take it up and call the PPRO. See, people are calling again, oh, your men have started and they will help us set so many uh, those people free the current ppro as a 2008 i mean the ppro in lagos that is police public relation officer in 2008 is the current ppro at the first headquarters in abuja that's frank mba he worked with us alongside the the then commissioner of police marvela Hoibo. that one is a retired uh, deputy inspector general of police now so when he left when that administration, the, the police command, the police leadership left at that point in time. So it was a serious issue engaging subsequent uh, police boss at the state level. And then we had to move away from the, uh, the, the state level and connect ourselves to the police headquarters so that when people are arrested indiscriminately, we can easily connect uh, to the police headquarters in Abuja and get people released. But mind you, people we are releasing are not criminals, not people who committed crime or alleged of committing crimes. They are people who are arrested illegitimately. In Nigeria, if you are a big man, you are taking a straw. A big man will tell you you are taking a straw and no police will arrest you. But if you are an ordinary man on the street and you are arrested, the police will say you are not taking a straw, you are wandering. So there is this thing you could do as a big man and is allowed. If you try it as an ordinary man, there are criminal offenses that they will charge you with. So at the to a time, we felt like, okay, we need to, the radio program was limited to Lagos. Lagos is about uh, 20 something million populations out of 200 million people. And uh, the initiative got popular. A lot of people were calling us from Ogun State. Even we got calls from Kano, you know, it's not all about police alone. We're having, people brutalizing another. But I can tell you that 80% of Save Our Souls calls we normally get from people has nexus with police brutality. Then we felt, okay, let's 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 work with a lot of people. Let's not limit it to Lagos. Let's not limit it to know you're right Nigeria. And that informed us doing an app, having 50 lawyers there, asking people to call us, asking people to chat free on the app. You get 50 lawyers responding free. A lot of states, I've, I don't, I've not been to so many states, but I've had to pull calls to the CP because when you call maybe the IPO, 
the IPO will create a negative and terrible things that did not happen. And mm. you try to do your investigation. And you got to realize that uh, these people are escalating this thing just because they want to extort. Then you will not be forced to get in touch with the police command, maybe the commission of police, before the police uh, commission of police. Let me just tell you something funny that happened just about two weeks ago. I've never known this man from Adam. He just called me. He got my number online. He said he had a business, uh, civil business transaction with somebody, and the business did not go as planned. So the man was asking for his money back, even though he has spent this money to help the complainant to execute this job. But because they happens to be neighbors living in the same street, he agreed that he would pay the uh, complainant back, being a neighbor, the entire money. And he accepted that that's one of the hazards of doing business. At times you make money, at times you lose money. So he paid some amount of money and he begged the neighbor to allow him more time to get money to pay back. And the next thing is the neighbor now went to a police station. And um, from there, the police, this man agreed that, okay, let me write an undertaking that I will be paying this man. I've already told him. And the police said, okay, if you want to pay him, you still have to pay us some amount of money. And if you don't pay us, we are charging you tomorrow. We are jailing you. The guy was so scared that, come on, I've not committed any crime. I've not lied or uh, 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 denied that this man paid me money. Because if you are paid money and you denied ever being paid, then we can sense element of crime in uh, in the old scenario. And the, the, he, when he was threatened, he had to call me. When he called me, I said, okay, put the phone to the IPO. Let me speak to the IPO. So some of them are scared. They didn't know who wanted to speak to them. They said they don't want to talk to anybody. I said, okay, I will try and settle with you here. But if you fail to exhaust this available remedy, I will not be forced to take you off. They said they did not want to talk to anybody. Immediately, I called the CP of Lagos. While I was speaking to the CP of Lagos, as in the Commission of Police, that's what I mean by CP. So the call came in. Then, because I was not bent all out to uh, put them in trouble, I just want things to be done. Then I had to speak to the CP that, please, pardon me. Let me quickly pick this call. Let me get updates. Then from there, they were ready to talk to me. Then the dance said, oh, we are sorry, this man, we never knew the, the, that you wanted to talk to us. They changed the whole thing. Uh, this man uh, was alleged to have obtained money under false pretenses. I allowed him. I gave him all the time to land. Then after the whole thing, I said, okay, fine. You said this man collected money under false pretenses. Do you know the element of that crime called under false pretenses? Has this man ever denied ever collecting money? But I was told... And I confirmed that this man accepted money, did business. The business went bad. The customer wanted the money back. He agreed. He had paid part of it. And he said he, he wrote an undertaking that he wanted to uh, pay the rest. And he even said, and from there I heard that you wanted to extort him. If a man has the money to pay you, he would rather pay the, uh, the man that is complaining rather than paying you. And at the end of the day, you will deny the complainant who had even come to your police station to get the money back or been paid. Uh, he's not denied. Oh, we did not do that. We did not do that. Will you now allow these people to settle amicably because I've already spoken to the CP? The man said, no, I don't need to take it up. But um, we, at the end of the day, they release this man and they settle free. But the question is this. How many people have access to the commission of police? Exactly. So... That, that's the situation. A lot of inequity state, I got calls, a man was, a young man was arrested, detained for five days with his bike. A man who is doing a bike business, 
trying to make hands meet. You detain mm -hmm. him, lock him up for five days, and the constitution mm -hmm. said that you can only arrest somebody and detain him within 24 hours and get him charged in court if you feel that the man has committed a crime. Or in a situation whereby the radius of the court and the police station is that far, it should not exceed 48 hours. But this man has been detained for five days and you're asking them to go and bring 50,000 naira to get him bail. No, sure. you've not charged him to court. And I got a call. I was in Lagos. They said, oh, please, this is what is happening in Ekiti. How do you get, get you to come to I said, I don't need to come to Ekiti. Just tell me the name of the police station. Tell me the name of the accused person. Since you are very sure, because you are a pastor, that this happened, I will speak to the CP. I called the CP, and the CP instructed the pastor to go to the police station and immediately get to the DPO. He should call him, and he wants to speak to the DPO where they detain an innocent man for five days, you claim he has committed a crime, but you refuse to charge him because you want to extort him. So when the man, pastor, went to the DPO, he said uh, the CP wants to speak to you. He was looking at him that because he looked uh, not like a, a, a not a politician, so they felt that he would not be able to have access to the CP. Until the CP forced was forced to call him, and he started. And I know I did not know about this. As the DPO, they, nobody brought this. And they started begging him again that the man that please next time you have an issue like this, don't call CP, call us. Please, if I did not have the phone number of the CP and speak to the CP on behalf of that man that I've never met you today, please, how will they release him? No, no, Same no, no, no. way in Lagos. I can I can give you number of uh issues that we've responded to. So now because ordinary man on the street does not have the number of the cp you start profiling the young people whenever you see them when sure. a young man looks put on maybe jeans is looking maybe his fashion and style has nasals with hip-hop lifestyle and uh, because he appears that way you suspect him to be a criminal we are only saying the, what the law says is that under the police that police can affect their power of arrest when there is a reasonable suspicion of crime reasonable suspicion that a crime has been committed that i'm riding uh, a car like me I, I i have i normally attend to court in different state and i bought a particular car that would make me to travel to any part of the state there was a time i was leaving lagos to come and file a matter in the kitty state and i was driving on along before i get to a ten dollar bridge i just saw Maybe because the car is, 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 is a sporty car, I just saw people, uh, a van, asking me, yes, I, I'm a very young man, I'm a very young man, and it's not a crime to be a young man, be on top of what you are doing. And I saw them flagging me to stop. I was on the fast lane. I mirror, I was looking at a truck behind me. And the man was, the, the, the police officer was flagging me to stop. And I looked at him, and I gave a signal that can you see a truck behind me can you see a lot of cars at the other side where i could park and you are asking me to to park so they not they understood my signal they had to move far ahead of me overtook me and park uh, at the front then i look for a conducive place to park there is nothing wrong in uh, obeying the orders of the police then i parked he alighted with a gun coming towards me but immediately he saw the car, he saw MBA sticker. MBA is Nigeria Bar Association. So for all lawyers who are members of Nigeria Bar Association, 
uh, we normally put our sti uh, sticker, uh, uh, I mean, uh, place our sticker very close to our car. When he, uh, he saw the, the sticker, he adjusted that this, this is a lawyer. <laughs> he could not do anything but to ask me that I should just identify myself. I said, I'm uh, barrister, I'm, I, I'm Adiola Uyilade, barrister and solicitor of the Supreme Court of Nigeria. I said, how are you, Dave? How are you, boss? Uh, can I see any evidence to that effect? I show him my complimentary card. I said, okay, you can go. Then I said, I can go. Come. Please. Even in the, in the philosophy, uh, if you look at um, uh, jurisprudence of criminal law, it says that it's, it's better for 100 criminals to escape than for an innocent person to be killed. Why would you stop me on that highway? And you expected me to stop while trucks were behind me? You felt in this job, yes, you have the right to stop, search, but of course you have to do it with every caution without putting the life of people that you are even checking in risk because I'm not a criminal. He said, apologies. But I bet it with you, if I happen not to be a legal practitioner that very day, based on complaints we've received from a lot of people, is either True. they get me arrested here or they force me to go to their station where they were stopped money from me. So this, okay. if you look at Know Your Right Nigerian Hub, you will see that 80% of complaints we receive from young Nigerians is about police, brutality, extortion, killing, and so on and so forth. So a lot of debate have been going on on this. But, you know, some people will start this debate and it will get to a time, gradually, people will be queuing into it because a lot of people feel that you can't challenge the police because there is no, you can't even speak to anybody to call police to order, except sure. maybe uh, you, you have a political power. But it got to a time that everyone is fed up. I can't say because I'm a legal practitioner, I'm not affected. But I have children who are not legal practitioners. I have uncles. I have I, I many times I've had to intervene on behalf of my in-law, a very innocent guy who had been mm. arrested severally because as an architect, he has a good car to move from one place to another. So all this uh, got to a time. All I guess I say, enough is enough. And mind you, the people that spearheaded this NSAS protest, they are well educated. That's yeah. why you see them having blueprint of what they want. They are making genuine demand. But of course, people, politicians always believe that uh, we, the poverty has always been the tool. That okay, don't worry. If they, if they protest after three days, they will get tired. They want to look for money to go and eat. But this time around, it's quite different because people felt that, see, what's the essence of going making money to eat when in the process of going out to make money, I will be arrested and uh, uh, started? Or I will even get killed in the process of looking for hens meat. So it's better I come here, sit down in the process. If we get it right, then we get it right. Not for this generation, but for also our incoming generations. I, I can I can be happy with all effort a lot of people have put in to see a Nigeria or a police system where we police vis-a-vis -vis respect for human rights, and my own children will start complaining of the same challenges. And I think, and I very much believe that that's what pushed a lot of people to say, enough is enough this time around. Look at how dogged these young people are. A lot of uh, hoodlums were recruited. Nobody carried guns. Nobody carried sticks. These are harmless, 
defenseless Nigeria who are exercising their fundamental right of freedom of assembly, freedom of expression, freedom of association, and within the scope, demanding for a better police system, whereby government will be able to uh, uh, carry out its modern function of protection of lives and properties. But we will see anybody with guns, we get them arrested. But you, the same guns that you are supposed to use to protect ordinary men on the streets, you put the gun to his head and ask him to part with his money. And if you don't part with your money, I will even kill you. What is bigger than harm robbery offense? Because those guns that they are using, they are offensive weapons. So it, it happened this time around, and uh, they saw the resilience and doggedness of Nigerians. And in the face of attacks by hoodlums being employed, uh, engaged to distract them, they still remain there until the unfortunate of the 20th October thing happened. I don't want really to take time because I know, uh, I'm, I'm so happy that you have, uh, 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 you, you diversify uh, the guests we have here. Having a minister of God, having uh, uh, a special advisor to uh, a state uh, governor on youth sports, having a radio media personality here, uh, who have different views, uh, perspective into this issue. And I is highly commendable. So I don't want to uh, take the show alone because uh, I, we have other people, uh, the uh, resource persons here. Uh, maybe let them have a comment. When it comes to other aspects you want me to intervene on, then uh, I'll be glad to respond. All right. Um, Prince Cosmo. Yeah, thank you. Um, you're a young politician, and um, why I invited you here, because I know the impact you are doing in your state, especially in bringing the youth into the system. And the governor, um, Governor Ayede, which I will recommend um, here, has been doing well. I know how you brought in Commissioner of, um, Commission of Sports and also um, some other few youths into the system and they've been doing well and I can see Cross River actually um, have been, offices have been occupied by youths than the, the old recycled um, leaders. Now, I, I want to ask you, what's your take on the protest? I, I'll say that for, for me, it's long overdue because um, we all know that this crisis and these issues have been there. There are issues that have um, bothered a lot of young people. And um, we all know that uh, the youth over time, you know, have always been known to keep calm, observing and looking at what the system has to offer. You know, but when you constantly do not give the people what the people want or the, what the people desire, and then knowing that the whole uh, SAS you know, molestation, police brutality has affected the young people mostly. You know, those who are uh, 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 who have suffered most from from this crisis happens to be the youth. You know, and then when the voices of young people from all parts of the country started, you know, advocating for for the answers and all of that, it was it was it was it was necessary at that point thing that uh, people have been doing, have been humanized, have been, have been killed, extorted. I, on my own, have suffered a lot of harassment from police officers once, many years back, you know, oh, and, and I know, yeah, and I know, I know what it feels like when people look at you, when they see a young person doing well, the next thing they think about, they feel that you're, 
your 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 either yahoo boy or criminal or you don't even deserve to, to drive a good car in nigeria as a young person you don't deserve to to hold some sensitive offices and positions as a youth so i i feel for me i spotted it i tweeted it i i i i had to make statements a lot of statements putting the answers and using my social media platform i also spoke at various various forums too because i feel that it was more timely and, and i always believe that the police force at home needed, needed to be rebranded yeah, not just yeah. not about um there's a lot of trainings and a lot that has to be done to to change the reason of police officers when you meet most of them yes we have very intelligent and smart ones but i feel that when there's a bad egg in the system no matter the good that others will do it constantly robs them and constantly destroys the good efforts of those officers that mean well. So I, I feel that you know they need to restructure the police force in general because the law that needs, that needs to be done. You know they need to do other means fighting crime. Now, okay, even till now, let's let the crisis. A lot of young people are still suffering, are still flogging and molesting young people because most states have uh, have been able to come up with um, 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 what do you call it? Uh, um, um there's, there's a most states have have a, 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 uh uh sorry when i when i when i remember please so uh, for example a few days ago i i got a call from because presently i'm in Africa, i'm not in Calabar, and and then we know what happened from the and all that and and then some of those states have come up with um um curfew thank you come up with curfew and you begin to realize that they are still molesting and beating young people. You know, you know, some people are still going through that. And I saw on social media a, a woman said she stepped out to go get foodstuffs for her children. She didn't know that there was coffee. You know, and she's been kept, she's she's been she's been held up for more than almost four days. You know, she, she has a newborn baby, you know, she doesn't even the family don't even know her whereabouts. Even the, the, the journalist or the, the, the media platform didn't come to hear from her, I don't think even up to and if family would even get to know that she's that kind of you know that kind of issue. You know, so that that, that sometimes as a police officer you get to listen to genuine complaints from people and have that moral standing to say that oh come let me let you know, but when people are quite wicked and then we all know too you know that presently because of the old NSAS protest a lot of them are now inflicting pain on the youth. Yeah. If I could just jump in real quickly, I was just curious, and I don't know whether uh, maybe uh, Mr. Kenny want to uh, answer this. I feel that you right to this us to come together as young raise our voice and condemn what is what is not good is not. We feel that humans, the, 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 the most um, uh, the reason for the police is to protect lives. If you're not protecting the, the lives, how do you expect those who are protecting to? live in peace and harmony if you cannot do that then i feel that's totally wrong and for us i feel that's also an opportunity to look at other critical areas of society where government has failed we want good governance we want we want we feel that if, if you have good leaders then you can change some of those vices in society because if constantly people keep complaining about the same thing and then government pays deaf ears to the earnings of the people like all i always say governance about the people the people are the ones who put you there to serve them. You're only there to serve the people's mandate, people's 
desire. So if the people desire something, desire change, and you refuse to look up to expectations of the people, then you're not there to govern the people. We were not in a season of clashing, we're in a season of we're in a democratic era where you, the people vote you because they believe that you represent them. But the people's interest is very paramount. And I feel that if the people want you to answer, it's not about you know just changing the name in a few hours and bringing SWAT. No, it's about going back, let the people know, you know, listen to their complaints, let them really know, and then ensuring that the bad eggs from SARS are not back to the police force. Those who have committed crime over time should be fished out. Look at what happened to popular SARS man in the, in the East. From days ago, I saw on social media how he was, he was held down in, in Ghana, beaten by people. People need to know that when you have a position, whether you're in military, you're in civil service, or you have one little position of authority, we passed you know, that, that era of people's rights, you, you oppress people and where you must be accountable for every opportunity you give to because you're only there for people. The people are very important. And we must always understand that when the people desire a particular change, we reach out and ensure that solution that and if you know that you have something to do, then the people we are we are we're all graduates, all educated. And I feel that you know the population of society of Nigeria to be centered on young people, five percent are all young people. And then there's the, the social media media errors has also helped to inform and educate more youth to understand the necessity of good governance. People have traveled far and wide and I've seen what's also happening in other societies, other environments, other parts of the world. And we want change. We want to see that, that replication in a better way in Nigeria and Africa. So if we see that you have something to do, you have an initiative, I feel that you, should, you can engage the people. And that's why we always speak about constant engagement with the people. People want this, let them know why you're doing it. By their conscience, let them believe in your vision. And I feel that if there's that uh, uh, moral understanding and that room for, for deliberation, negotiation, then there will always be peace and security, the stability in every outcome. But I am I'm with the answers. I feel that I want disaster. All right. Let, All us, right. let us have new set of uh, structures, new set of policies behind whatever division of the police you want to bring the fight crime as to And I feel that the youth for the first time in Nigeria came together in all with without leadership in all parts of the country to speak for the first time. That unity is what I've always spoken about. I've always desired for youth to come together, to be united in one point, because I feel that we understand ourselves better. If we are the largest number in the society. We should be the ones in the in the, in the hem of affairs deciding our fate. We cannot constantly depend on a fraction of people in society to speak for the general population when we all know that population is centered on young people. And those who are suffering most in society are young people in education, in, 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 in health, in, 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 in job creation, and all of that. The youth survive. So if the youth come together on begin to speak and demand leadership demand leadership from those that have sent it to people that will have a better society. I'm extremely excited for the first time in my life. The youth coming together in one point, speaking in one point, and even from other youths in the What is that witness? Leadership that the youth that the youth were not speaking for themselves. We're speaking for Nigeria. 
in general. And everybody, both the old, the young, parents have suffered losses from police brutality. A lot has happened over time. I, I know many things I want to say about my encounter with police. I remember many years ago, uh, in 2017, 7th of July, 2017, an assassination attempt over yes. my life in Calabria yes. was shot in my head. I know how that case, people were arrested with my phone they took, and up to today I've not gotten the law. I know how much, I know what I did. When you have an evidence of someone holding a, someone's phone who was attacked in his house, what is my phone doing in Okudu, in a far location? We couldn't get it right, so there's, we need to demand leadership. If we can demand good leadership, we can demand justice and everything. Until we begin to have people who are passionate, patriotic about the yearnings of the people, who constantly keep having these issues. Yes, we need to, we, we want to end the, the, the end of SARS, but it doesn't just end there. We need to begin to demand good leadership, begin to elect those people that we know, that we can call on and they will do the need for people who have the fear of God, who have the belief and trust of who have the love for humanity. Because if we constantly give people opportunities to say, without the fear of, the, of God and the love for the people, for the common man, they will never speak for the rights of the people. They will never defend the people's interests. They will always think about themselves. People who are selfish and selfish cannot be selfless. It takes mm. a selfless man to bring about development, bring about good governance, and to bring about the, 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 the interest of the people. And, and, and govern the people justly. So I feel that beyond the answers, we are also advocating for end of bad governance. And also encouraging young people like what I've always done to come together and take the bull by the horn. We must begin to, to find ourselves in leadership positions. We must begin to be accountable to. And then I'll, I'll always say this we're in the point that we shouldn't just look at talking about youth, they giving them a opportunity to lead. But the value and the content of youth, what's the character of that youth we're talking about? Every youth deserves a chance, but at this point in time, they, 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 the, the people that are the major problem of, of where we are today as a country, they have their cronies, they have people that they have mentored to. to if, and most of them are young people like me and you. If they have been wrong over the years, they are also going to recruit and, and, and young people too like them, that they have tutored and mentored to, maybe much more evil than them, but also look at the kind of young people we want to take the good by the hand, into leadership positions, begin to change the day because it's our generation. Most of these things we're talking about, maybe it's now we're talking about it. Our fathers have been silent about it. They suffered it. Our forefathers suffered it. Some of these things over the, from the beginning of inception of this great nation, there have been police brutality. Yes, we're speaking about it now because we have the social media and they don't hide. You can easily video an incident and put it up there and the world will speak. But these things have been ongoing. It's not a time to speak about these challenges. It's a time to fight it and stop it a proper solution so we don't go back to this old-fashioned way of doing things where humans are treated like animals in the civilized era the democratic dispensation was still suffering as it were in the military regime we must use our voices to speak and I'm, I'm very so glad with what the barrister said some of these things are everywhere we must come together which i feel that the answers have been able to open the eyes of young people that yes that our voices can be heard and that we have the right to demand leadership and then the unity and togetherness also shows us that if we come together, we can change the dynamics of politics by 2023. We begin to have a huge passion, youths that have moral standing, mm -hmm. youths that are hungry. Because when you're a servant of the people, you're selfless. When you constantly are selfish and then promote selfish leadership, then, then the bad governance we're talking about will continue to eat our, our heritage and eat our unity 
and destroy the future of not just ourselves, but even our children yet unborn. Thank you. No, no problem. Thank you. Um, if I could just jump in here and everything, um, I'm actually was going to probably direct this question to our one panelist that we haven't heard from and everything, which is uh, Mr. Kenny over there and everything. And one of the things that happens here in the United States is there's been a lot of talk about um, the way that the whole justice system and the penal system is done here. Because unfortunately, a lot of the folks here in the United States that are black and brown are the majority of the folks that are in our prison system. So I was wondering, is the same thing existing there in Nigeria, where a lot of it is also a class issue and where a lot of folks are a particular group are the ones that are the majority folks in the prisons? And is it tied into the whole system as well that way. Because I know here there was a very popular movie called 13, which talked about how slavery was tied into the penal system, tied into the police system. And I was wondering, is it a similar kind of thing that's going on there in Nigeria? And if so, how are we all working at changing the entire system? Because I'm actually a big fan of, we need to change the entire way that the penal system worldwide is done. But I would love them to hear from Mr. Kenny, who we have not heard from around these kind of issues. Okay, thank you very much, um, Macklin. You just mentioned something about the American system, where in the penal system you have a lot of downtrodden and uh, people, and also was more or less um, a takeaway from the slavery era. Right. Um, I'm, I'm very much aware of that, and um, it was also a way of um, the slave masters then right. getting people to work in their farm yes. and in their plantations without necessarily practicing obvious slavery. Yeah. You pick them up, count them as criminals, put them within, you know, incarcerated in prison, but they are also inadvertently taken to the plantations. It was a back-end approach or a back-way you know, approach to slavery. I'm very much aware of that. Um, over here, it's um, not exactly in that same way, but there's a class system that actually encourages um, this kind of things. Um, there have been cases where here you have people who have committed crime, but because they have godfathers of, or parents or you know, um, guardians who are well-to-do, who are wealthy, so to say, or rich or influential in whichever way, um, there have been cases whereby people have had to be arrested indiscriminately, taken to the police itself, and told to bear a name that is not theirs, True. so that they could so that they could be taken to prison on behalf of somebody else who had committed a crime. Some were even uh, killed. Some were even killed. There's a case um, recently that I'm aware of, of a young man who was picked up. He was coming from work, a creative guy, picked up from picked up, and um, they picked him up same size in court, and they said, you know what? We need, we are, we, we, you are wondering whatever it may be they called, they accused him of. They took him to the, the police cell and told him that in the morning, a particular name will be called. He should answer that name. And then when he answered the name, um, in the course of the day, they will release him and let him go. So I learned that um, the young man actually, you know, at a point, he was confused. Right there, I mean, I was coming back from work and here are these people who took me and brought me into the cell. So he was praying. And then afterwards, one guy in the cell told him and said, what happened to you? And he narrated his audio. And this man, this guy, other guy said, you know what? In the morning, when they call that name, don't answer. 
If you answer, you're going to be taken away and you're going to get shot and killed and wasted True. on behalf of somebody else. True. So in the morning, he, he, they, they came, of course, not exactly the ones who brought him in, and they started calling the role about two, three people, and the guy didn't answer. So one of the guys that brought him in said, are you not the one they're calling? And the guy said, I'm sorry, that's not my name. So what's your name? He said, that is not my name. That's all I can tell you. It became a major issue. And then I think the boss had to come in and say, what was going on here? So only to find out that the original criminal, the real criminal, had been released by these guys. So they brought in another person in replacement. And of course, the boss had to then step in, and it became a major, major issue. And yeah. when they found out at the end of the day, where was this person that was that already committed mm -hmm. the crime? The father had taken him out two days earlier and had been flown out of the country. So you have such things. A lot of people actually are in the prisons, you know, in the penal system that had no business being involved. Um, Fortunately, unfortunately, I can't call myself youth any longer. Even though people actually would look at me and say, yes, it looks like one of those guys who could be on the street. Yes. But the reality is this. About 18 years ago, I was head of concert for a major international advertising agency. And of course, I would drive myself. You know, if you know the creative guys in advertising, and I was head of concept, would go in jeans and top and t-shirts and what have you to work. It was the natural code for creative people. And in the morning, I was living in, in Ogba then, and in the morning, every morning, I would get stopped by the police. Where are you coming from? Who was this car? Your parents? Da-da-da-da. You disguised. Yeah, yeah, no, of course, Yahoo wasn't, too pop, wasn't so popular then, anyway. All this um, foster wasn't popular. In fact, um, Yahoo was just one of those you know, internet stuff that was coming on then. So they would say all manner of things, stop me. I'll just be looking at them. The harassment was there. I've gotten police harassment a number of times, perhaps on the virtue of my look, my stature, you know, and what have you. So, but sometimes when they now hear my voice <laughs> and then my comportment and my approach to things, some of them will now be like, hey, sorry, um, 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 um. And so you have that incidence over and over again. I've seen people brutalized for nothing. And so the class system also comes in. Like somebody who said, and I read just, um, yesterday or so, he said, if you earn less than three, if you earn between 200 and 400,000 in Nigeria, you're a poor man. Yes, you saw that too. <laughs> you saw that too, thank you. He said, you're yeah. a poor man. But it's another guy now said, so what if you earn 20 to 50,000 Naira? And the response was, then you're a hoodlum. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds interesting, but that's what it is. Because you do not have the, the, the financial power or the financial strength to be able to either have a good car, a fantastic car as a man, even when you're 50, 55 and what have you, it doesn't matter. As long as you are there, you are counted as a poor, you know, you, you're, you're a hoodlum or you're a miscreant. Unfortunately, we have people who are now in political power, who are now who have political power, who will count their own mates that they used to sit down and eat together before they came into politics, who will count, also count them as miscreants and, you know, the masses. I keep saying one thing, forget about the masses. There's nothing, when you say the masses, you've created a class scenario. Right. Everybody is first and foremost a citizen. Mm -hmm. True. Who are the masses? 
What, what does it mean to be part of the masses, to be, to be called the masses? It's an aberration. Every single person, from the president to the lowest member of that community of the nation, is a citizen. We must understand that. When you call people, oh, we the, when I say we the people, in America they will say we the people. But here now, our, you know, our gov people in government will say, my people of the federal republic, my people of the state. But at the end of the day, they say the masses of our people. That is already creating a mental downshifting of the people. So you can actually oppress them because the mentality is that they are less human, they are less of value compared to what should be. So in a way, it gives a mental um, it gives a mental reason, a mental justification to suppress and dehumanize. And the same thing you find when you begin to, when you talk about, um, when you want to indoctrinate people to, to be inhuman to others, you begin to paint either that tribe or that set of people as less human. It happened in America. They will say, oh, the blacks are monkeys, they are these and that. So in a way, whoever is dealing, dealing them negatively does not see humanity. It begins to act against them as beasts. And so those are some of the challenges we've had so far. However, um, the issue of SARS or no SARS or MSARS is just this MSARS thing or the SARS thing is just a metaphor. That's the reality. SARS is a metaphor. For me, it's a metaphor for bad governance, for bad leadership. It's a metaphor for evil. It's a metaphor for everything that has gone wrong in our society. That's the reality. And uh, because you find out today, you find out today, um, somebody will come out and say, "Oh, you know what? Social media is evil. Is this and that?" But before he was actually brought in to power to be part of the governance through social media, and now he's coming back to say, "You know what? Social media is evil. Every single thing that is created or that is actually fashioned can be messed up." It is to find the right use for it. We always say that if, 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 if use, if purpose is not well-defined, abuse becomes inevitable. So when you define the purpose of a particular scheme or um, um, what, what have you, then you can use it properly. Now, let's, let's go to something very quickly, if you don't mind me. Um, I've heard um, Barrister Oyelade talked about, Oyelade talked about some of the challenges he's had to face. I've also have to, had to face that, getting people out of the police and what have you. And um, a friend of mine actually had a problem with the police. And the truth of the matter is, suddenly they changed the whole story. They always, they are always storytellers. When no, they, they when, if I when they change the narratives of what exactly happened, I'm sure the devil will sit down and say, I think I need to learn some tricks from this guy, how they do it. <laughs> That's the reality. Because you wonder, this is exactly what had happened. You had written your statement. Others had given their statements and, uh, as well. But if you, people will tell you, don't wait till morning. The moment you spend the night in the police station, in the morning, the story will change. So they will tell you, whatever you can do to get that person out tonight, please do it. That's how bad it gets. So in a way, it, it has become a system of extortion, a system of brutality a system of you know, of uh, what's it called of personal enrichment or group enrichment it is said and over and over again that i've heard it that people actually pay as you know, so much as much as five hundred thousand naira 
to get transferred or to get converted into SaaS. True. How true that is, I don't want to bother my head with. But these are things that have been out there. So it becomes an elite scenario. And ask yourself, mm -hmm. when you have a commander who actually, whose salary is less than 300000 building you know, mansions and riding Range Rovers and what have you, you got to ask yourself, this guy is not even, even a CP doesn't have that kind of, shouldn't have that kind of money to spend. But you find somebody who is just a CSP or you know, an SP, riding Range Rover, going about inserting measure of luxury, you ask yourself, sorry, where did you get, you're a civil servant, you're a policeman, where did you get this kind of money? So this is a system, is a systemic issue. And so when we're asking for answers, it is not about just this um, unit of the police force alone. It is a total change of narratives in governance and leadership, whether it is in the in jurisprudence, whether it is within the judicial system or the penal system, whether it is within the political system, whether it is within the legislative system or the corporate environment as well. It is a, NSAS is a metaphor to put a stop to all that is evil. Because at the end of the day, what you have today is the fact that we have what I, I call it in strategic leadership, in strategic management and leadership. I'm actually coming, interesting, I'm coming up with a, with a concept which I'm proposing a proposition, uh, which I call um, the concept of eunuch leadership. Mm. What is eunuch leadership? It's, it's a concept I'm, I'm proposing in strategic leadership and management. Um, and that is to say that when, who, is an, who is a eunuch? A eunuch is a man who does not have a child, who does not have a posterity to live anything for. Yeah. So he tells himself today, whatever it is that I can get and I can appropriate, let me eat it all today because there's no, nobody to live anything for tomorrow. I don't have a child. I don't have a legacy. To, I mean, I don't have anyone to live anything for. So whatever I have, let me appropriate it today. Let me eat it all up today. Let me be the cankerworm that will eat everything that I've gotten because there's nobody behind to leave anything for. That is the kind of leadership we have. That is why they could say at any point in time, you know what, we don't need savings. Let us have the money today. True. That's why you will have people, people in leadership who come in on the, on, the, on, on the back of the people's goodwill and then mess up and kill the same goodwill that they came in through. Mm. So today, what we're fighting against, what the, what the nation is facing today is it's a, a set of people that are coming up to say, you know what, enough is enough. Our fathers' teeth have been set on edge. We do not want a repeat of such. Not that in our own times, on the days of the people that are ahead of us, that they did not give their own best in their own little way. But their voices were not heard as much as this because there was no social media. People, had, people were killed on the streets of Rikorodu Road for the June 12 crisis. We were all there. You know, people gathered together at, um, what's it called, at the Freedom Park at Ojota. Yes, Ojota, so yes. In case, bad governance and a number of other issues. But the fact remains that those things were um, couched in secrecy or silence in a way because it could not be blown up the way it is right now. There was little or less of social media. So, 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 so social media interaction has actually blown this up to a proportion where it goes beyond what anybody can cover. Well, I mean, if this, if this were the days of Abacha and what have you, it probably would be a different story. People will be incarcerated, people will be killed, and nobody will know what actually went down. 
It will just what you hear or whatever they make the media to tell you. But now the media has taken a different turn. Even the traditional media cannot hide certain things any longer because there are eyewitness accounts all over the place. The lucky, the lucky uh, matter, um, we've not heard the last of it. At the beginning, there were denials of involvement of government or involvement of the military and what have you. Now, suddenly, they are coming back to say, oh, uh, we, we did not give them the order to do this. Oh, this one says, yeah, you, you called us to come and intervene and what have you. I thought you guys denied at the beginning. Yes. Now, and we've not seen anything yet because I'm almost, almost aware that there are satellite videos and images of every single thing that went down because we're playing with a generation that actually is far ahead of us. True. In technology and in strategy. Mm -hmm. Now, let me say something here that people, a lot of people did not know. Maybe you could go and look for this book, The Leaderless Revolution. Maybe we need to go and, people need to go and look for the book. It's called what the leaderless revolution by can can ross can ross hmm. um uh, mr watching Melu, i may i may actually avail you of that book afterwards after after this what the hmm. question is hmm. uh, when you. you understand when you go through that book you realize that these kids know what gives because in days before in years before in eras and epochs before us hmm. you have i mean you have revolution icons mm -hmm. icons that actually could stand to say you know what this is mandela this is martin luther king jr this is this person this is amika cabral this is um, thomas sankara you can name them either as individuals or as a group or a set of people but we also realize that this kind of leaders can either be incarcerated if they are not if they are, sorry first they try to buy the in, intimidate them if you cannot intimidate them, you try to buy them over. If you can't die by them over, then you begin to harass them. And if that does not work, you eliminate them. Mm. They say, strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. Yeah. So now mm. what then happens is this. These kids have come to realize that across epochs and times and ages, there's always this challenge. There's always a playbook that people play by. We need to change the narrative. So um, I believe that a number of them actually also understood this from this book, The Leaderless Revolution, that what you need to do is create a leaderless face. The revolution is seemingly leaderless. But don't, be, don't forget, don't, 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 don't be deceived. There are people who are coordinating behind the scene. Some of these guys actually will meet online. It, it started as a social media movement, granted. But don't be deceived that they are not connecting because there's a structure. You'll be shocked. A number of us may not understand what is called the dark web. <laughs> the dark web hackers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's almost like they, uh, I know a lot of folks here in America are familiar with the term COINTELPRO, which is kind of like a thing that was used here in America to suppress folks in the uh, civil rights era and things of that nature. So whether it was J. Edgar Hoover or a number of other folks, they were definitely using them to kind of tear apart at the civil rights struggle. And I would agree with what you just said, uh, Mr. Kenny and everything, because even here in America with the Black Lives Matter movement, there's no real one leader. So like I said, you can't really eliminate just one leader and then eliminate the movement because that's one of the things that is happened in the past is whether it's like you said, whether it was um, here in America, whether it was in the various countries in Africa, you could target one particular leader. And then if you targeted that particular leader 
or a few of those leaders, then you could stifle the movement. But a lot of folks here couldn't even name the folks that are involved in uh, Black Lives Matter. They may know a few of the leaders, but there's, like you said, there's more of a um, grassroots kind of a feel to it. And therefore, there's not just one leader, there are multiple leaders. And with those Absolutely. multiple leaders, it is hard to stop a movement and all of that. I know that, um, I think we've got to go, uh, uh, Brother Michael, we're going till um, 10.30 or we're going till 11. I'm not sure what time we're going to and everything, but I, one of the things I was getting ready to ask is, for those that are watching that are from other parts of the world, like I said, I'm here in North Carolina and all of that, but um, there are people that are watching from around the world. And a lot of folks are just now, I know that it even came up in a conversation here recently um, that was on IBM TV, uh, about this uh, activities in Nigeria. So for those that are watching from around the globe, and we do have folks in Malaysia, uh, South Africa, and a number of other places, what are some ways that they can um, help the movement if they are not in Nigeria, but they're in other parts of the world? So um, to any of our panelists, what are ways that folks that are outside can help the movement as it is going forward? Um, I think the barista can answer that. Let 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 Barista um, talk first. Okay. Sorry, could you could you please call me again? I, I I it appears that my my reception was poor when that question was coming up. Oh no problem. I was just asking for those that are in other parts of the world that are hearing about this uh, horrible situation that is going on in Nigeria. What are other ways that folks around the world can help the movement? So that was the short version of the question. Yeah. Um, let me first thank uh, friends of Nigeria uh, who are passionate and supporting our democracy, advancing the democracy in Nigeria. Uh, we've always said our democracy is nascent. And I've asked, ever since we transited to this current uh, dispensation in 1999, uh, a child that is born or was born in 1999, this is uh, 2020, uh, that's almost 21 years. Uh, the child will not be crawling at this moment. In fact, if if everything goes fine, that 21 years old child, if the child has finished his or education on time, should be planning to get married. <laughs> so I'm talking about a matured person in age. So, but this is where we find ourselves still struggling to practice tenant of democracy, to still adjusting to democracy. But a lot of people have argued that maybe because we have a military incursion into our uh, governance, uh, which span over 30 years, or uh, maybe that really affected our own kind or type of democracy. We want to thank uh, a lot of friends of Nigeria who have actually had our voices and uh, supported this movement, amplified, and uh, even made the, the government, Nigeria government to actually listen to us. A lot of them will tell you that uh, there was no pressure on them, that they responded, uh to to the protest but i can say it uh authoritatively that they never listen they don't listen to ordinary people they don't listen uh to when people are hearing their opinion and my understanding when i was even doing government uh in secondary school uh that's over 20 something years ago is that public opinion can't that's where you get the feedback whether you are doing very well or not and that's when you will quickly change your policy. Even if you have a, the best policy ever, if people are saying, no, we don't want this, the public opinion is a feedback for you to amend and change. 
you will see the first day people started protesting. They were not protesting against a policy. They were just saying that, see, we are being killed every day. We are being, in fact, extrajudicial killing. As a lawyer, most people may, may not understand that, or maybe there is allegation that somebody has stolen and you kill that person on the spot. Maybe if you are not a lawyer, you may say, that's fine. After, after all, he was alleged to have killed. But don't forget that this is mere allegation. I may not, we've seen instances where Mr. A does not like to see the face of Mr. B. And the next thing Mr. A would do is to arrange how Mr. B will be implicated. So not to deviate from uh, your question, international pressure actually made Nigeria government to, to start listening. When you say you've accepted all the five demands, please, in a sane society, there is a man who superintend a, a particular force that has killed people. People were, people were still being killed Why they are protesting, peaceful protestants. And the man is still very much in office today. I think there is a failure of leadership. Because I can imagine if I get, if I, I as a president, if I happen to be the president, and I have a unit that is saddled with the responsibility, even constitutional function of protecting lives and properties, and I discover that they cannot manage the whole situation. People are getting killed. People say, don't kill us. And in the process, you are still killing them. What are you doing in office, for God's sake? It shows incompetency. Now, you said you've listened uh, to the times. All you could just say is, okay, the, the unit that has been alleged or fingered to be killing people is hereby proscribed. And the next thing we hear, the following day, that there's another unit that will take the responsibility of the former units. Please, what has changed? We are, you are taking us for Nothing. fools. So um, there are a lot of initiatives. I, I, uh, there are a lot of initi initiatives going on. The first thing we need, I must be very honest, is helping Nigerians to know their rights. A lot of people have been able to escape or have been able to, 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 uh, to, to escape from police dehumanization, extortion, and killing because they know what to do at the right time. For example, if you look at Know Your Right Nigeria Hub, I'm not actually advertising because it's free. We are not asking anybody to pay for it. In fact, there is a place where we put, because we took 10 years of complaints from people to formulate what will be the content of that hub. We put it there that how to write statement at the police station without being in trouble. Do you know that you can even write statement, police will be the one to dictate statement. Police who were not at the presence of, of the of, of scene of crime. You could be invited to the police station as a suspect or as uh, as a witness. A crime might be, uh, can just, uh, somebody may commit a crime now and you are not the suspect, but because you are the scene, you are expected to honor the police invitation and write a statement to help the police on how to carry their investigation. Police who were not at the scene, police who needed help of people at the scene would be the one that would be dictating what would be the content. And most people have written statements, and at the end of the day, the statements they put down will be used against them. Some of us who are lawyers have had a situation whereby when clients are being arrayed in court, it was at the court that the clients will now say that, see, 
all the statements that they are being used against me, I did not give them voluntarily. That's when trial within trial will not start on how they got that statement, either by using force or under influence and so on and so forth. So we still need more people to know what to do at the appropriate time. What I normally tell people is that when you are arrested and you have guns on your head, don't just, don't, don't, don't argue, don't fight them. Because a man who is shot and killed can never rise up to come and tell us what transpired. So True. when you get there, all they want, maybe mostly is to get you, they want to escort you. If they say, call somebody that will come and bail you, the first thing you should do is call your lawyer. If you don't have a lawyer, just call all your right Nigerian team. Hello. Yeah. Are you there? I think he, he has a network issue. There. Yeah, it looks like oh. he might have. Yeah. Uh, I'm, oh, okay. He's back. Okay, I'm, I'm back. Can you hear me now? Yes, yes. yes. I hear you now. Yeah. Yes. yes. So, what we normally tell people is immediately you are arrested. If it's all about extorting you, just cooperate. Okay, don't fight, don't argue. Because if you are not cooperating, they will kill you extrajudicially. If they give you the opportunity to call somebody, the first person you should call is your lawyer. For those who don't have lawyer, I've been telling people that don't see having a lawyer as you must be a big man or a wealthy man before you can have a lawyer. Just have a lawyer for a day, a particular day you will need them. It's not necessarily that you must do transaction and you need, need lawyer to put you through. Just have a lawyer for a particular day you will need a lawyer easily you'll be able to pull a call to your lawyer that please uh come and bail me i'm at the police station so they will even think you are calling your relative so that's very key and this has helped a lot of people so knowing people's rights simplifies people's rights that's number one number two you were saying you were saying if they don't have lawyers who are who who is the next who, which which organization can they call to come to their yeah. lawyers? If you look if you look at Know Your Rights Nigeria in the last in the past few years, we've responded to over two hundred thousand inquiries. If you look at Know Your Rights Nigerian app, it has forty nine thousand active users. Forty nine thousand Nigerians active users. If you look right. at the web version, because we also have the iPhone version for people, yeah. you can call that line. You don't even need to know us. We are not going to ask you for a dime, a couple. Just call us. You have these particular issues. If you can tell us the, your full name and the political, I mean, the, the police division where you are being held, automatically will definitely respond to you. And now, I, what's the name of this organization? And will the person be charged or is it free? No, it's free. It's free. Um, okay. Because as a lawyer, um, our we, we, we have a law firm where we do uh, the work of a lawyer. But because a law firm cannot be run on non-profit, so that's why we form an organization called Constitutional Rights Awareness and Liberty Initiatives. So Constitutional yeah. Rights is the non-profit section that looks into human rights issues in Nigeria. So we have about 15, I mean, uh, we have five lawyers from our, my particular law firm there. We have over 75 lawyers from other law firms that volunteer to work for people who know your right Nigeria. So. Presently, we have 50 lawyers responding daily free. They are on shift. Only what we give these people, they don't even ask us for salary. Only what I give these people is a token to maintain phone calls where necessary to get internet to respond to inquiries from people. Even we made the content of Know Your Right Nigeria. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, if you are not online, you don't have data, we make it offline. 
so that if at any point in time you need information and you don't have internet facilities once you have downloaded it for once just tap on it it will download all the information for you then aside working with civil society actors who are expanding frontiers of human rights in nigeria uh, i like i did i wrote this inspector general of police when he came to office uh, January 2019. The first letter I wrote to him is how he will pilot the affairs of this uh, uh, of, of the Nigerian police force under his leadership vis-a-vis -vis respect for human rights so that there will be trust from the public. Because there is a trust deficit. If a policeman is talking to you, you don't take it. You don't believe it because something will just change at the other time. True. Then, what true. Uh, in, in, in another way that the uh, Friends of Nigeria can continue to help is to give media support, media coverage of what is going on in Nigeria. Because the more you keep showing them evidence, the more they keep saying. There are some e-warriors, that is some guys who are social, on social media platform. They don't, what they have, they, they, they recruit them. And if there is any narrative that they want uh, to project, they, 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 they get them to project it. If care is not taken, their own reasons will even outshine or outweigh uh, the man who is actually crying for help somewhere. Else. But if we keep giving media coverage to what is going on in Nigeria, Nigerian governments, Nigerian leaders actually listen when they are being embarrassed at the global level, which is very unfortunate. Uh, they, they, we, I, I have always believed that uh, ordinary man on the streets should be the most powerful man because they are the people you engage in social contract with and they are the people that when you need them again they will be there for you and they are the people that when they don't need you they have the power to say no but the system has been bastardized in such a way that uh the ordinary man on the street does not even uh can't they have their ways of always manipulating the system give us all the support where we need you in terms of amplifying our voices asking we are not asking for anything outside the law of the land we are just saying that all what the constitution says, all that law enforces in Nigeria, let's enjoy them. That's uh, 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 what, what most Nigerians are talking about. I told the IG that, see, you need to train all these police officers because if a police officer is telling me element of a crime, then I wonder what kind of a police officer is this. <laughs> a police officer is supposed to know the scope of his power at a time he can even apply what we call alternative dispute resolutions. It's not necessarily that every matter that comes to your table must get to a level whereby you need to detain people. People must apply for bail. There are some civil matter that police should not even dealt with at all. But immediately you report, instead of them to educate uh, the complainant that see, this is the right channels you need to take. Even if, if I've read on the pages of a newspaper, a, a lady went to a police officer who happens to be his boyfriend to report his younger brother, I mean, her younger brother. And the next thing the police officer did was to mobilize uh, uh, some some uh, officers. They went to the arrest of the, 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 the parent of the girlfriend. They arrested the mom. They arrested the young brother, a very young boy. I think the guy is 18 years old, who just had a, a verbal abuse, vulgar abuse with her sister. They arrested the woman, they dehumanized the woman, they used all manner of things to injure the woman, and in front of the woman, they shot that young boy who just abused 
a sister. What's, what's, what a crime in, if my sister should do something wrong and I disagree with her, uh, maybe if we threw wind out of caution and we started abusing ourselves, what kind? What's, what crime in that warranted that because somebody abused another person, then the penalty is death? You did not allow this person to respond. You did not allow this person to give account of what happened. You did not allow this person to defend himself. You are the complainant. You are the prosecution. You are the judge. You made the pronouncement. You even went as far as carrying out what you pronounce on this person and execute it without following the Constitution. Constitution makes provision under Section 36, right to fear hearing. Even for some of us, permit me to go this way. For some of us who, uh, in the holy book, some of us must have read about Adam and Eve. Even though the God, the maker, saw Adam and Eve what they did, he still gave them fear hearing by asking, Adam, what happened? He had seen everything that happened before Adam started giving his own defense that uh, the, the uh, person, I, I don't want to because I'm, I'm gender sensitive, that you, 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 you created with me, fed me with the apple. So this is, fear here is the rules of uh, natural justice. It's not what the government can give. Just like fundamental human rights we are talking about. Freedom of expression is not given by a government because when a child is born, a child will not get permission of the government before blabbing. A child will not get permission of the government before telling mom, dad, I want to eat. It's inalienate fundamental human right. Likewise, freedom of movement. A child will first crawl before walking. They don't need the permission of government before they can walk. So all these fundamental that we're talking about are not meant to be infringed upon or violated or crush people who are demanding for them. They are inalienable rights. They are the rights given to people and they are meant to exercise them. In fact, it's a negative right. We call it negative right because it's the duty of the government to protect those rights. The essence of people voting for you is that when you get to power, when we are talking of protection of lives and properties, freedom of, uh, I mean, uh, provision of social amenities and infrastructures, these are fundamental rights. Some of them are socioeconomic rights. And government will tell us and say, oh, these rights are not made justiciable by virtue of section C, subsection C of the constitution, but they've forgotten that by virtue of section 12 of the Nigeria constitution, Nigeria is empowered to sign international treaties, protocols, charter, convention, and transform them into the local law, and it becomes the part of the law of Nigeria, as if it's validly mailed by the National Assembly in Nigeria, and they are enforceable. That's why we have likes of African Charter on Human and People's Rights. African Charter on Human and People's Rights enshrine all the rights and responsibility of government. So it's very unfortunate that at this level, I understand human rights issue is global, but here in Nigeria, we are having a challenge whereby we need to quickly make a quantum jump from where we are and leap to the next level because Nigeria has never had its good when it comes to human rights reports. Go and check mm. Human Rights Watch. Go and check uh, all over the world. You will see that the index where Nigeria occupies is nothing to write home about. And we are very ashamed of that because they, the, 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 the vice president happens to be my teacher when I was in the University of Lagos. And this is a man that taught us constitutional law, public law. Even I could remember in 2010 when we were celebrating uh, the a foremost human rights leader in Nigeria, uh, Chief Ganifa Waimi, his memory 
I was the official uncle of that event, and the current vice president happens to be the chair of the event. So some of us at times, when we have the privilege of meeting some of our people that taught us or that we had one interaction with or the other uh, before they go into government, we always tell the point blank that, why are you there and things are not doing well? Mm. So it, it's, it's, it's very unfortunate. That's why I have a lot of people who are in government now, but one thing about me is immediately you are in government, I give you that distance. Because I don't want anyone to shut me down. My own calling is to speak up. It is, and I'm ready to stand, even if it requires that I stand alone. On many occasions, I've spoken, and a lot of people felt that you have to be very diplomatic. What is diplomacy in saying the truth to power? If I'm diplomatic, I can't say it. I am free. What happens to my wife? What happens to my cousins? What happens to everyone around us? We need to get it right because if we get it right, even you that you are in government in the next four years, you are out of government. And what you fail to do now when you are in government, you will come to face it when you are back on the street. True. Um, let me just ask a few questions, then we'll give it a wrap. Um, I think we'll be back. We'll still be back on this same um, topic because um, we've not even done a bit <laughs> on the question. Now, to um, Alex and um, Prince, these two questions goes to you, and I'll need you guys to talk about it. Desmond Elliott, lawmaker in Lagos, um, one of the lawmakers in the Lagos state, uh, addressed the House. And um, he talked about a few things, but first of all, why I'm bringing this, um, why I'm bringing him here is because um, I'm not happy. I look at um, Desmond as a role model, honestly. I love him. I love him before he entered politics, even in politics when he was campaigning. I stood and made sure I voted for him because I believed he would bring a change. All of a sudden, his um, recent um, um, address to the House brought a lot of controversies and people were not happy about it, especially me. Now, he, in his, what's your own opinion, Alex, about his speech? And what, why, what's your thoughts on, calling, on him calling youths, um, children, do you understand? Do you think as he entered politics, that because he's a youth and i'm surprised he's calling his fellow his colleagues his mates his children and do you think as um uh, do you think him entering politics because we all assume he was there to change the game do you think he has failed do you understand and also do you also think that because he said the youths cost the leader the leaders that very question will go to pastor adenuga but let me let me just hang on with this. Okay. And, um, again, he said saying um, the the saying the state should address the youth, social media, social influencers, that they are the cause of what is happening in the country. Right? Do you agree with him on that? You understand? I need you to really talk as as a celebrity and also as um, a TV host. What? Desmond said, is it, is, is it proper? Is it good? What's your own opinion on, on everything? <laughs> okay, okay, this is putting me on the spot. Do you hear me? Do you hear me clearly? Can yeah. you hear me? Awesome. Okay, great. Um, so first of all, I think that personally, I think that Desmond made a big mistake. Um, 
making that comment or just not just the comment it wasn't a comment it was actually a speech right on the floor yes. in the house. Um, um and yeah. i saw i saw i actually saw a snip, i saw it and i was pretty surprised um I, <laughs> I was very surprised first of all as someone who has been voted into power who had an opportunity a clear opportunity to speak on behalf of the youths one being that he's one of one of the youths um, being that he understands, or I should believe that he understands the grievances of young people. Mm -hmm. um, and Desmond, I know personally. In fact, I know I knew when Desmond was going to start his political career. But I was one of the, I was actually supposed to be, anyway, let, let's get, get beyond that. But so for me, it was surprising to see, I felt like he was saying what he wanted, what he wasn't speaking uh -huh. on behalf of the people. He wasn't yeah. speaking on behalf of the people and yeah. that was that is disappointing um because when you have the opportunity and and, and this goes this goes this has me thinking about a lot of things because when we talk about we need a new nigeria i think nigeria needs new nigerians as well you know i think somebody True. was saying something about True. um because the you know nigeria our leaders are a function of the people they come from inside of us right these are people who are representation of who we are as a people and so what we say that we need a new nigeria what we are really saying is that we need new nigerians in other words a lot of us need to change just our mindset we need to change our approach you know i, I was listening to the pastor talk i listened to everybody talk and i kept thinking of how having a humanist approach is so necessary in leadership where you are thinking every single person whether individual or collective is valuable. And so Desmond disappointed me, and I think disappointed a lot of people because he had an opportunity to speak on behalf of the youths. He had the power to say, look, this is what is going on. Let's not blame it on social media. Social media is not the reason that any of this is happening, right? Thank That's you. the truth. Social media is, social media is, and we need to understand that social media is media, but it's just media now for the people because everyone has access to it and can now contribute to the conversations that are happening in the policy. They can be involved in the policy and the policies happening in the environment. So social media is not the reason why people are cursing. People will be cursing in their houses and you probably won't hear. Anyway, people have always been cursing people in governments. Social media has just enabled you now to enable you to hear what the people think. And anyone in government, if they were really listening, would use that to their advantage the truth is that the leadership had a very good opportunity to project themselves as people-centric, but they didn't take advantage of it. From the first day of the you know, protest, the first two days was a good example, was a good period for the government, for people to come and say, you know, we hear you guys. It would not have escalated. It probably wouldn't have gone on for days. But the fact that they turned deaf ears and they thought they could suppress the voices of people and to have someone like Desmond who should you know and i think to be honest i think that's is a good person i don't think that he's become a devil so to speak or that he's you know but i just think that sometimes when we get into position of power right people are more interested in pleasing their paymasters and in pleasing mm. their godfathers mm. and in pleasing their than in actually mm. speaking for the people so I don't, I don't think that he's, you know, become this devil. I think in he, he knows the truth. I think he knows the truth. I just felt like he wasn't speaking. He was on the side of the truth, right? It was more like, okay, this yeah. is what I think you guys want to hear. 
Let me tell you yeah. people what you want to hear. Let me speak collectively what you know people want to hear. And that's not what governance is about. So for me, I felt shocked. Actually, I was really shocked, disappointed. And I think that you know there was something that Mac asked, and and you were like, what can friends of um, you know, Nigeria, you know, our foreign friends and what, what can they do to help amplify our voices, add your voices to ours and speak true to power. That's very necessary. I had conversations with people online. I remember getting almost into an argument. I don't argue online. I just walk away from this thing. But I was saying to somebody, someone was like, look at how Nigerians are celebrating because CNN covered the news. And I said, look, your leaders do not care about the opinion of the people. They only care about their international, they, they care about their, their, they just care about international projection. So even when the president gave a speech, you could tell that that speech was not for his people. He was speaking to the international public. He was talking to them, literally. That, 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 that entire broadcast was not for the people. It was more like, oh, well, you guys mind your own business. And if you want to, you know, before you make, you know, verify. So I think that we... Um, for Desmond, Desmond had a great chance to speak on behalf of the, even if he need, even if he had to lose his position, even if he needed to leave government, he had a good chance to say, you know what, I'm, you know, the truth is you need to earn respect. Respect is earned. Trust is earned. You don't, you know, and the fact that you call people children, some of these young people you're talking about are CEOs, founders and co-founders, you know, practitioners, professionals, entrepreneurs, with responsibilities, right? And so to, to stand there, knowing fully well what people have to go through, even when you are doing everything right, you are in an environment that literally frustrates your efforts. I expected him to speak on behalf of the people. So I'm disappointed. That's Sorry, apologies, apologies. Uh, uh, let me just check this. Uh, it's, it pains me when the young people have the opportunity and they don't record emphatic sources. I mm. wish people like... Headward, that is sitting there. I, I know the way he's speaking. He has good intention. He has what it takes to lead. But let me tell you something. I know uh, Desmond Elliott very well. In fact, in 2015, there was this general, there was this assumption that 2015 election will be violent. People cited yeah. what happened in uh, 1955. They started giving us a lot of that. And um, there was this conference a meeting that was called by the united nation information center in ikui uh, lagos i was the ship speaker on the table i have senator uh doubt uh, uh solomon uh doubt also and i had desmond Elliot sitting beside me by my left hand side and that was the first time it was coming for the election I spoke on how to record a fatic, I mean, uh, record peaceful election. I talk about the roles of the civil society, the police, the politicians, and it was time for Elliot to speak. Elliot said that where he would have loved to speak, but as somebody who is new in the political system, he needed the permission of his leader before he could say something. Now, the problem is that we find ourselves in a political system and structure whereby is before you can become a leader or before you can serve you need the permission of some powerful godfather somewhere you That's need the... to be bankrolled before you can what is wrong in me serving people if i want to serve people why should i need to go and look for a billionaire before i can become a governor of a state mm. so if i spend a billion one billion naira to become a governor what do you expect me to go and do there 
the political system is so expensive that only the corrupts can vie for elections. Because if I have one billion dollars, I'm speaking to you, I will not contest. I will not spend it on election that I will know whether I will win or lose. I would rather yeah. spend that one billion naira on a project that will better the life of people. If I will spend even 500 million naira, probably I will be a number one philanthropist in Nigeria because I would, I'm, I'm, I, 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 I'm very close to the people. I know their yearnings. I know their aspirations. I know their challenges. 500 million naira, I will do a whole lot that the old governor will do in four years. So we have a political system that is very expensive. That before you can go in, in there, you need a godfather. A godfather that will pay for everything and he will make the money back. So when you are there, you can't issue any press release. You can't speak against their interests. That is why someone like me will not go into politics until we have reform our constitution to permit independent candidates and redefine our electoral system in such a way that if you spend millions then you will be disqualified from contesting election because that's what is lead to vote buying a man who has not eaten yesterday and you are dangling five thousand naira before him that if only if you vote for me that's when i will give you this money the man will compromise knowing that he did not hit yesterday he has not hitting that money and if he does not if he did not collect that money his family will not hit that afternoon i mean in the evening so if the system remains where we are. We will only continue to produce those that are going into government to make more money, not people that will serve and listening to the yearnings of the people. That's why people are complaining that you are killing us. They don't understand because what we are talking about, we erode on their source of income. It's interesting that you're saying that. And I know that um, Brother Mike has got to wrap it up very shortly and everything, but we've been seeing that even here in uh, North Carolina, where I'm at and everything in Durham, because there's actually a number of organizations that are doing a lot of work. We have a group called the Durham Committee for the Affairs of Black People. It's like one of our local PACs, one of our local PACs. And they, for a long time, were very much a elderly run organization. And when the youth came in, the youth were not necessarily getting their voice heard. So they decided to actually break off and step up, step, start some other groups and other things. And then after that happened, then the youth are actually having a more active role within that organization. So they're starting to actually have their voice heard. And it sounds like that's what needs to happen there in Nigeria is that within these organizations, the youth also need to be nurtured to actually have a leadership role and not have a, um, what I would call a uh, babysat role or a role where the other folks are actually in charge of them, where they are actually having their voice heard and are actually bringing their voice into whatever these organizations are. Like I said, we have a PAC here. And of course, a lot of folks know about the NAACP and the Urban League and organizations like that. And I don't know if there are organizations similar to that other than Know Your Rights Nigeria that are in Nigeria, but if there are organizations that are social organizations or political action kind of organizations, it seems like they need to have the entirety of the generations. Because I know that even here, there have been folks that have been kind of against the youth, the young people putting their voice out because they felt that they were not giving them their due respect or their honor or things along that line. But I think that there is a space for folks to understand youth voices and hear those youth voices while also understanding the wisdom of those that might be elderly. And that's it has to be that balance 
of understanding the wisdom of the elderly while also understanding that the youth are bringing all kinds of innovative ideas, whether that's here in America or there in Nigeria or any of the other parts of the world. So that's one of the things that it sounds like seems to have needs to happen there as well as it's been happening here, because I do think that we are seeing a whole movement of change around the world and it is being very youth led and we need to understand that as some of the folks I'm 58 so we need to understand that in that middle age or that elderly group and everything that they are providing some very powerful voices for change and it's change that needs to be heard both there in Nigeria here in North America as well as globally um, let me ask uh, let me ask you this question I've got um, Prince Goswell because his question yeah. is coming up with the, the, the previous question I asked. Now, I told okay. you, I, I want you to talk as a politician and as a youth, what you think about Goswin's, um, uh, not Goswin, um, Destin Elliott's um, um, speech to the House. Do you understand? I want you to come from that angle. Then, like uh, Mark said, what do you think about the youths now coming to form their own party? Because, like you, 20, uh, that was 2015? Yes, yeah. sure, 2015, 2019. 2019. When you House of Assembly, where you were denied- Federal House of Reps, right. yeah. Yes, where you were denied that opportunity to be there. The same thing yeah. goes with, uh, what's his name? Um, Banky W, that's uh, Wellington. Sure. You see, you two wanted to come out to have a voice to speak, to change some settings that's happening in that chambers. But you guys were denied that opportunity. So what do you think about this month's speech and the youths coming together to form one party or one group or one organization that can push out this recycled um, leaders that we have that have taken over our system? I think the major problem, you know, just like my sister made mention earlier, um, Godfatherism is a major problem of why a lot of young people cannot stand stamp their feet and take decisions. When I ran elections for House of Representatives, in fact, in Cross River State today, the only seat that is a PDP state, or the only seat that an APC person is sitting on is my federal constituency. Why? I ran elections against the former governor's boy who, while he was leading, he made him speaker of the state assembly. And, you know, as a speaker of the state assembly, he probably must have had a lot of dealings to do with the new governor. And I coming in after I've served the governor as a special advisor on youth, and I came in from 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 from, from foreign affairs because I've been I've been foreign affairs. So coming to run elections, I had been with the people doing constant programs, constant activities and empowerment for my federal constituency and the youth over time. So they know that I have a mind of my own. And in politics, they don't like young people who have a mind of their own because when you have a mind of your own, you have the mind of the people. They want people that they can constantly speak to. They know they want people who cannot speak truth to power. They want people that can speak their language. So they had brought him in to represent them and they offered me most of our three attacks in Cross River State. 2016, I was shot. They, they attacked me in my office, I ran into the ceiling. 2017, I was kidnapped, I escaped. 2017, they came into my house to shoot me. All of these things was to scare me away from politics, but I refused to leave. I was negotiated. They offered me House of Assembly. I told them that, come, I've bought my form. I've done my, my consultation. I've spent time. With the, the people yearned for me. But the refusal of aligning the people's mandate, and then they gave the ticket. When PDP gave the ticket to 
the, my, the other person that ran against me, the people revolted and voted him out of government. That's why you have an APC person sitting mm -hmm. down there. They went to court, striked the elections, had the rerun, the APC person still won. Because politics has gone, I knew that we'll get to a point where young people will rise up and we'll get to a point where people begin to look at the capacity of the person and the mm -hmm. yearning of the people determining that this is the mandate that this is who are giving the mandate to. Godfatherism is a major problem of Nigerian politics. Everybody who has spoken against the Godfathers do not grow in politics. So I feel that for Desmond Elliott, his attitude is not about who he is. I know him. That is not the man I know. But we all know that in Lagos State, whatever has transpired over, over, over the days realizes that it's about Godfatherism. I feel that he made the greatest mistake not understanding his season. That is not as he used to be and that we have gotten to a point where the people now determine because the youths youth have arrived and they now know their worth, they now know their value. He would have, that was an opportunity for him to score a strong political point for his future, to speak truth to power. But I feel that his statement, if you can see, after, you know, after he started getting backlashes from, from a lot of people on social media, he went back to do a rejoinder. But it didn't still work because at that point in time, the people were already disappointed. I don't believe that those statements he made he made them because those were the things that came from his heart i feel that his statement was because of was trying to uh, uh, probably uh, um, satisfy the interests or the desires of his godfathers and i feel that for our democratic processes to evolve and for us to begin to have good leadership and good governance we must fight against political godfathers the people but that can only happen if the people yearn for and demand leadership yes i know that youths have to come together for us to break that gene you know the godfathers won't speak they always speak to the people when i always make statements i say this i came to serve my people i left a lot of privileges to come back home to serve but the people who came to attack me were not old people they were young people so the youth too have to deny themselves of taking peanuts they need to understand that if they mortgage their future they keep suffering and the only way not to mortgage that future is to rebuke and reject those handouts and even if you take the handout those resources belong to us most of the monies that the godfathers are spending are monies that have been looted from our archivists over the years so i always tell young people if they give you the money take the money but do your job do what your mind tells you to do determined to make that change by ensuring that you vote the bad eggs out of government and begin to represent. If young people begin to see that, yes, they have the strength of the of other youths, they have the support of the people, they'll begin, those who go into politics, throw godfathers, rise up beyond the godfathers. But when we all know that politics is determined by the godfathers, young people who have been former governors over the years still deciding, people called from everywhere. My, 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 my primaries was changed in one hour when the Godfathers have given the people direction. Most of those people are giving direction for young people. Five, seven, eight times. So we need to build the minds of people and the conscience of the people to understand that Godfathers will never allow us to rise. So I will, I will say that I completely uh, condemn his approach. I feel that it was an opportunity for Desmond Elliott to, 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 to catch the interest of the people, the youth. He was there to speak, he's, he's, he's a strong voice, and I used to look up to him especially in the politics of Lagos, as a young rising politician that will always speak for the interest of my generation. But as I, can, as I speak now, I feel so disappointed that he went there and instead of the same social media, and I want to say this, social media has helped promote a lot of businesses that printed a lot of young entrepreneurs have been able to 
distinguish a lot of businesses in Nigeria to show positively in the in the life of entrepreneurs have a lot of people making money from being social interpreters using social media for every every young every every godfather out there their major problem is in social media because they cannot social media all the ones social media in Nigeria keeps waxing stronger and stronger it exposes their evil in society and brings about a new revolution. So they know that the revolution of the young people. Because, you know, in those days, the other media, you spend so much money to know that you'll get something on, on most of this channel. But today, everything you tweet, anything you put on Instagram, everything on Facebook goes viral. So their fear is understanding that the strength of young people today lies on social media. They are going to do everything, they are going to do every resources under their disposal because they are not ready to leave the seat. They're not ready to leave, leave that. that where they are. So we as young people must rise up to ensure that when we are given an opportunities in private uh, or in public office to make statements that will support us. So I feel that the, the problem is not even those no, the problem is his godfathers. But he failed by stooping low to listen to the demands of his godfathers. But but the truth is this they are going to do everything to subdue us to make sure they think they want to do everything to bring laws that will stop social media because they believe that as long as the social media in Nigeria stands active we, we, the youth, realize ourselves, and then and they are, they are going to lose out their place in, in society and in government. So I feel that it's not just about that; they are going to keep keep doing everything they can to to, to, to bring about the end of social media. And I know that they are feeling and I support what you're saying. You know, I, I I was talking to some young people yesterday. Youths have to come together. Both PDP and APC, we have no young person. The two leading parties in Nigeria, we have no young person sitting in the broad board of trustee. We don't know why how those parties perform. So it's time for young people to begin to get involved with new political parties, new political parties that can help most young people to rise. And then we all know also that why these two parties are still standing is because of the, the, the pastoral nature at which the spread of the political parties into every part of Nigeria. That's why those two parties are standing. So most of the new political parties, people are not used to it. So we must drive the political agenda. There is strictly a youth revolution, a youth that will cut across all parts, of, all parts of Nigeria, where the youth sees that as the only opportunity and negotiating power they have to go into governance. Beyond the end, that's enough. The hearts of the leaders of the nation. The leaders of the nation are the unity of the youth. They have used every instrument over the years destroy the unity of Nigeria. It's not to allow us to have a voice, to come together. Today we have a voice and we we'll come together to show them that we can do trying to ensure that they get to PVC, use the same platform the movement and begin to bring about youth that have capacity, that have shown track records of excellence, track records of good governance, track records of passion for the people. If we can do that, then I feel that we're on the right track. All right. So this is the last question, and we'll call it for a wrap. But please, to all uh, my guests, I would love you all to please let's let's do this again next week so that we'll we'll, we'll be done with the topic. Um, the last question goes to um, Pastor Kenny. I didn't. Uh, I didn't. Uh, please, is it proper? And I want you to answer me. Give me two answers. 
one it's spiritually two what's your own opinion is it proper for citizens i know i said citizens because every nigerian every youth is also a citizen do you understand and let's be honest when this one said the children were cussing sir it's not only children that do cuss. We have old people that, we call, that do cuss the government as well. Do you understand? So is it proper for the youths, for the citizens to abuse, cuss the government, especially when they are doing wrong? I don't want to go into the looting. Next week we'll talk about the looting. But this week we'll just we'll just let it let it just end with this very very question. What's your take on that? Uh, now that's that's quite an interesting one um i'm going to answer right away however i'll just give a word on this month's indiscretion right. extremely out of strategy he lost right. the best opportunity a young man could have to put himself in the right perspective with his generation he lost it and um at the same time i mean i know Stella and he just he just messed up in that regard the same thing with Moji Sola, Moji Ali Makoli. He also went in there and kept saying that um, young people are on drugs. And so because they are on drugs, they come to the social media and what have you. I think that is extremely unfortunate for her to have, to have made. I mean, it's, it's the most insensitive statement from anyone in her, in her, in her position. She's young, and so, which means that if she said that she's also on drugs, before she comes to the House of Assembly to speak that, to spew that kind of inanity. And I'm going to leave it that way. But they both lost the opportunity to have strategic, uh, place themselves strategically within the minds of, mind space of the, of the young people of their generation. Now, be that as it may, you're talking about the fact that maybe people, young people or whoever they may be, or citizens generally, should curse. One, you don't need to curse. However, However, let me put it this way. Now, spiritual part, part of this Bible says, pray for your leaders. True. In the course of praying for my leaders, I can put certain things on ground. All right. I keep saying one thing. When people come in and say, oh, this is the Bible. Oh, this is the Bible. And the way it is, we're here to, to I'm, I'm here to make my oath of office. I swear by the Almighty God that um, I'm going to take this office and what have you. A lot of times we do not put consequences. Mm. We only let people to make pronouncements, but they've not made cons pronounced consequences of their failure in office. They only come and say, so help me God. When issues come tomorrow, they'll say, well, God did not help me. That's why it didn't happen. <laughs> but the truth is, let people be held by to account by their own pronouncement. If I do, if I do wrong by my people, as I'm using this to you know, take my oath of office, may God and the heavens strike me in this way. You will find mm -hmm. out that a number of them will be careful. And they always say that the God of the, the God of the Christians and the Muslims are, is, is very slow to act. Pardon me, I'm a pastor, but I'm going to say this. Um, a number of times we sometimes we need to go back to certain elements. I'm sorry, but that's the reality. People have come to desecrate the Christian religion and the God of the Christians and the Muslims. They tell you, you know what, you can swear by anything, nothing's going to happen. But give them, give them the, the iron 
I'll give them the water of Ailala or Madiwa to swear by. They will run away. Because they know that something is going to happen. But anyway, that is neither here nor there. But the critical thing is this. One, um, the young people actually have a right to make demands. You may not necessarily curse your leaders, but you can speak to them and you can speak the truth. If that comes out as cursing, then so be it. I'm sorry, but that's the reality. Let us, we will talk about, the Bible says, pray for your leaders. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, the love, those that love which shall prosper. I am praying for Nigeria, I'm praying for the leader that they should do right. But I'm sure. also coming out to say, you know what, if you do not do right by the people, may the heaven strike you and your family. Mm. If you're not doing right by mm. the people, then the way, let us tell people that, you know what, if you're supporting the wrong leadership, may they rule your life the way they are ruling the nation. Mm. No, no, because mm. that is what it is. We're not cursing. It is actually standing by inferences to say, if this is the way you think that people are people have to be treated, I'm in my 50s. I don't have another 15 years to spend. Mm. It's difficult for people for me. Sometimes when they, and sometimes I want to be counted as youth. But people tell me, sorry, uncle, you look you, you look like one, but you're not. But the fact remains that if today you've done wrong, because it doesn't matter is bring the young people into governance the way it is today, the same thing will happen. The same thing will happen. Amechi was a young man in his 30s when he came into, in, in, into politics and he came into power. The current Minister of Works was also a young man when he became Chief of yeah. Staff to the Governor. They were all mm. under 40s or just early 40s. That's so true. the question is what has changed? So if you bring a 30 something year old man into governance the way it is right now today without changing the, the, the structures, the structures and the framework of our governance and our political system, our constitutional, our, our constitutional um, comp uh, comportment, the composition of our constitution and what have you, the way things are today, the same thing will be repeated in the, into the next 50 years. But there must be a paradigm shift in the way we see governance. There must be a paradigm shift in the way we see our political scenarios. One, we must decentralize. Let us face the fact. The more, the more you have the center, or everything goes to the center, you do not have, you will not have anything right at the end of the day. Decentralize, make the center so um, what's it called? So um, how do I put it down? Not so attractive to people. Let each region or or, or states or whatever be in control of a number of things. Let there be state police. The governor should be able to control what happens in this environment by security-wise. Not that the governor will throw his arms up and say, you know what, I can't help it. Pass beyond my control. Whether it was beyond his control or not, I don't want to talk about that. But the fact remains that the, the center must be decentralized, number one. Number two, people must have power. Have you ever seen a situation whereby um, community money for those of us who have villages and what have you, you rarely hear, hear that community money or savings are misappropriated. True. Because the guy knows he can't go home. <laughs> it's umuna in, in the, in, for the Igbos. They'll say it's umuna will deal him. It's true. You'll become a parrier. The same thing. So, so, so when you place for such, such um, what's it called? Such communal or community-based political you know, scenarios. It becomes difficult for people to do wrong by their people. That is one. Mm. Two, of course, community policing is also there. 
when people know who this person is, the police also knows the people. They are his people, not somebody who is speaking their language, who is not speaking their language. It becomes easier to, to be, there will be check and balances. Mm. He knows that if he messes up as a, police, as a law enforcement person, his family house is there, somebody is going to deal with him. Sure. So, until we begin to change the scenarios and the, and the, and the, and the parameters by which we, 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 we consider our political games, nothing will change. God for that, will continue. The same Desmond says so, so, suddenly, and so, sometime back, so which is why I'm not surprised anyway. I don't know why people are surprised. He said it clearly, he said, I'm a product of God for that reason. Mm. So mm. why do we expect anything different? If mm. Desmond becomes the governor of Lagos today, who will do the same thing that the people that are before him have done. Because the system is the same. So uh, God's will, I, 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 I have to just um, give it to you. But the fact remains that if the system in which you work, Prince, the system in which you yes. operate today remains the same, if yes, you become the governor today, a number of things will go wrong under your administration. You may try as much, but you are an individual. You may have your veto as governor, but a lot of things will go wrong under you because everybody will gang against you, gang up against you, including the people that are actually ahead of you. So mm. you can, at the end of the day, you find yourself as an you know, isolated because the system it remains the same. Let us begin to look mm. at it. It's a systemic change we need to fight for, first and foremost, mm. before individual mm. changes. If we don't fight for the mm. systemic change, there must be a paradigm shift in the way we run our politics. Otherwise, we're not going anywhere. The chambers must mm. be put down. Um, mm. Let me say it this way, um, with every deference to Mark, the American system has worked for America, but we must actually ask ourselves, has it worked for us? True. The bicameral legislature, has it worked for us? The presidential mm. system, has it worked for us? We must, we must look at that. America is also grappling with issues with their presidential system right now. So let us begin to see how do we fashion something that works for our own, for our own environment. It's not, enough, it's not for us to always help people, other, 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 other environment, other political systems. What is good for us as a people? Can we begin to look at it? Let's talk to our political scientists. Let's look at a number of things and say, can we have a hybrid? Or can we, you know, maybe a hybrid that will take us back to parliamentary and take part of the presidential. Let us look at some of these things and see how we can be able to come up with something that works for us. Because today, the presidential system has failed us. We must agree to that. Whether we agree or not, well, that is the issue. But the system we work with today cannot take us far, far further into where we want to be. If we truly are, you know, are, are truthful to ourselves, we must come to a point where we, we begin to ask questions. If you don't ask questions, if you don't interrogate where you find yourself, you're not ready to go anywhere. But about cursing, going back to that, those children who are, they say they are cursing the elders. Let the elders do right by the people, then the children will not call them fools. And I always, always say one thing, when you think that old people don't grow, uh, they, they, they are the, we call them the wisdom of the age. But I always say one thing, even the fool people, even the fool grows old. True. <laughs> so if the, even if the fool grows old, that means that it is not about age or white hair. It is about the fact that this person, this idiot, has also grown old. He only becomes an, an old idiot. <laughs> if a wicked young man grows old, he only becomes an old wicked fool. So let us forget about it. So if an old elderly person, where I come from, they said, 
the old man that actually puts a bead of corn, who, who, who sows or strings a bead of corn, of maize, of corn, is the one who has made himself to become a plaything for the chickens. So let us do right by our people as leaders. Then we will not talk about the children insulting us. A, a, an old man that actually, no, they say an old man who actually eats with all hands and does not look at the, at look, look back to the younger ones, who carry his own load all the way. True. So if that is the case, then let us begin to look at it. So I will say one thing, spiritually, we pray for the, for the nation, we pray for those, those in governance, but looking at it really on this time, on this side of the divide, then when the leaders do right by the people, they've only mitigated such reactions. But the truth of the matter is, this, I, will, I will leave this to say, I will say, I will end it by saying this. It is not yet over. Mm. It's not yet over. Mm. Whatever we have seen is just the beginning. Mm. Uh, things are waking up true. right now. It is the beginning. The national community has better get ready to, to actually amplify a number of things because it's just starting. We haven't seen the end of NSAS, hashtag NSAS. We haven't seen the end of the youth out there. You know, where I, where I come from, they say that the, the, the ram that takes a back a, a back flip or that moves back has just gone to gather more strength to strike. Mm. It is not, the story has not ended yet. And I can tell you it will not end until this nation gets it right. And only God will help if this leadership thinks that they want to play by the old playbook. Because the children, the children, the, the youth already, they knew this was going to happen. They knew all the game plan. They actually itemized. If you read this, you know, on Twitter, sometimes you don't know, Doctor Olufulayo will say, "We know that they are going to do this in the next. This is the next thing we are expecting them to do." And people didn't think that they don't know what they are expecting. They expected all these things, including the strike, including the military strike. And then you're talking about. So somebody said, "Pardon me." Somebody said that um, the military mentality. We are not out of it yet. Why would you have a military person at the back of the governor? True. Or the head of state. Mm -hmm. Why would you have a military person at the back of, and then the governor will come in and come in, you know, certain military gear or paramilitary gear all over the place and what have you. That shows we're still having the mentality of a military setting. We are the chief of staff, the chief of army staff, will be talking about, you know, striking places and putting coffee in places and, you know, safe of an agency. Who the hell is he? The chief of army staff has no business in civil governance. Why is he talking? Who knows him? Why should he be talking? It's because the mentality of this is military era is still there in, in, in civil governance. Let us call it a spade a spade until things go back. We're not going to. We're not. We've not had the end, the end of this. Take my word. The youths are still coming back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, sir. Yeah, powerful comments that you made there and everything. I know that Brother Mike's getting ready to wrap everything up. I was going to let uh, Pastor Kenny know and everything that uh, even here in America, we know that our system isn't as uh, perfect as it could be because definitely there are things that we would like to see changed here, just like y'all would like to see things changed in Nigeria because I'm a big fan of us incorporating some more freedoms even here in the United States because there's a lot of things that need to be changed here. And speaking of prayers, I know that I'll be praying that a certain idiot in the White House loses on Tuesday because I need to get rid of him big time because I, I need him to lose because he's like totally crazy. So 
I need him to go ahead and lose. So, um, I, while I'm going to be praying for y'all, if y'all will pray that America does spark and that we get rid of him because we need to get rid of him on Tuesday and we need to not have our kind of crazy paramilitary people that are here in the United States as well doing a lot of paramilitary tactics and stuff. So we need to be moving in a positive direction as well. So I'm going to hope that y'all will send your prayers out to us as well for the United States. And now I'm going to turn it over to Brother Mike. Right. Thank you, Mike. Um, I really want to thank everyone for honoring this invitation. We've exceeded the time given. But because the conversation is really something that the board even doesn't want to let go they, they're really interested but please before we go just 30 seconds i would like everyone to share, share their social media handles so that people could in case they want to talk to them or you know need to follow them can do that i'll start ladies first alex share your social media handles fast so that we can leave your time social media handle um yeah. alex okoroji or oh, the best the best place to go is actually my website alexokoroji.me me as an Emmy, and you can find everything else there. All right, uh, barista. Yeah, apologies. This place is very dark. I'm actually out of Lagos. I so know. I'm currently in the, in the city so I have to go look for a place to do this. So, pardon me, please. My social media and you is Ade Ola Onyelade. So, if you are putting on Twitter or Instagram, is simply Ade Ola Onyelade. And I would love to get in touch with everyone. Uh, uh, Edward, Alex, and uh, the Amiable person immediately after the show. All right. Okay. Um, all right, let's go with Pastor Kenny. Well, my Pastor social media handle is simply Kenny Adenuba. Kenny Adenuba. Um, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Twitter, whether it's um, you know, Instagram, it's simply Kenny Adenuba. Um, you can hit me up on that. All right. Uh, please, Gosling. My Instagram is, my Instagram handle is PGE underscore print seven. PGE underscore print seven. Twitter is I am Prince underscore seven. Facebook, Prince Godswill Edward. All right. Instagram, PGE okay. yeah. underscore print seven. PGE underscore print seven. I am Prince underscore seven Twitter, Prince Godfrey Edward on Facebook, Prince Godfrey Edward on LinkedIn. Thank All you. Right, thank you. Mark. Quickest way to find me is on Instagram, and that'll be Lee Entertainment 62. So that's probably the quickest way for folks to get me on Instagram, Lee Entertainment and the number 62. All right. To our viewers, sorry for taking most of your time, but you can see that. It's really important for us to discuss these issues because these are one of the issues that really not been spoken in our society and especially in our country, Nigeria. And um, to follow me, please, you can still follow me on all social media handles for watching a mail. But on LinkedIn, it's Okechukuchukumamera. Um, what would you be doing with your Friday? Well, to all the guests, to panelists, please wait behind after the show. We'll get behind on the background. Then to my viewers, now I would love you to please comment share your own experiences if you have a story to share probably you know police brutality bad governance please don't hesitate to communicate to us and um like our subscribe on our youtube channel the ibm tv youtube channel also follow um 
like our Facebook pages, the IBM TV Facebook page, and also the Mind Closet 101 Facebook page. So we'll see again, same time, same station. Don't touch that down because next is Met Friday. I'll see you next week. Signing out. God bless. Bye. Thank you all. Nice to meet you all. Nice meeting you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I'm signing out. I guess we're done. Guess. With it. We're done. The bullet is really affecting the background, but yes, we're done. It's nice having everyone. Yeah, I'm getting some nice comments. Some people, some people really had a good time listening to the show. So yeah. yeah. Did you have? Are we still live? Still on? Yeah, we're still on. Just uh, 